This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Needed to get that sigh out. It's one of many sighs I've done since we lost Americana. Uh, we recorded our Americana episode. It was really fun. It was really great, and uh, I'm trying not to dwell on it. It'll be brought up several times during this episode. But uh, if you have a chance Wait, to— Wait, since since Shu logged back in, this is recording, right? Yeah, it's—see, okay. it, it, up okay. here it's recording. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically we recorded it over Zoom. There was—I don't know if it was some update or something, but I did everything I always did, hit automatically record, and it did not record the episode. So we're going to— Try and redo the magic right now. We're all in great moods about it. Um, already the audio has uh, been not great, <laughs> and Mike's had to log out and log back in. But we we push on because that's what kind of a podcast we are. Um, and just like in that first trial, we're going to start um, this episode before we even hit the theme song with a little bit of Neil Young news. It's time for... Neil Young News. What the fuck's wrong with your voice? <laughs> uh, all right. In Neil Young News, here's some news that I do not mind repeating. Um, and this is uh, news that you can find right on the archives. Uh, definitive proof that Neil Young is a listener of this podcast. A avid listener, if I may read into it. Uh, probably an obsessive fan. Um, and... Uh, Someone wrote on the archives, uh, you can write letters to the editor, and someone wrote an, a, a letter to Neil about our podcast, and uh, I'm going to read that right now. It's, uh, it's titled Long May You Young, and this is from Braden in Winnipeg, and he says, Hi, Neil. I always appreciate so much that the archives exist and give us a chance to communicate with you and the team. I am listening to Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere tonight, and I'm just so overwhelmed with the joy that your music has brought me throughout my life. I just hope you know how happy you make so many people on a daily basis. <laughs> I hope that you and Daryl are well, happy, and healthy. Meeting you both days in February 2019 in Winnipeg is a memory that can and will last a lifetime. I suppose if I were to bother you with a single question, it would be, have you heard of or listened to the Long May You Young podcast? They revere your work as I and many others do. Nil spoke to them not long ago, and it was such a treat. I know you're busy, but it would be an amazing combination to hear you speak with those folks. Anyway, my conscious effort cannot currently explain or comprehend my appreciation for your continued work at this moment, so I will leave it at that. Take care, you two. Sincerely, Braden from Winnipeg. And Neil responds, he doesn't respond to all these, but he responds, Brayden, we just listened the other day. They have a good time there. Love, be well, see you in Winnipeg, Neil and Daryl. 
So in uh, Neil Young news today, breaking Neil Young news, Neil Young is a tremendously huge fan of this podcast. Well, I, I, I don't know about tremendously huge. An avid listener, an obsessive um, listener. Avid's a, a strong word. And because I know that he listens probably several times to each episode, Neil, I want to say to you. Probably not. I want to say to you, <laughs> yes, of course, when you tour Barn, town meeting will open for you for as many okay. shows as you want. And I, okay. I, and I know that's been on your mind. I know you've probably, because you're such a huge fan of this podcast, you're probably also a fan of town meeting, the band that Russ and I are in. Uh, and uh, you've probably looked up us covering your songs and our originals, and you probably geek out over them. It's okay. You don't need to be embarrassed by that. But of course, yes, we will open for you on uh, especially, you know, the Massachusetts show, but any show that you want us to, we would be, uh, we'd be happy to do it um, with a few stipulations, of course. Uh, you know, we have a very long rider for our green room, and uh, we want to, to be able to cover our version of Down by the River. You can join us if you want. Um, I but- feel like Neil would be fine with our rider, though, because it's mostly Robin's eggs. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually entirely yes. Robin's eggs. And two large partridges. <laughs> no pear trees, though. Right, with pear trees. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's uh, Neil Young News. Neil is a... Okay, so you, you, you'd say, oh, that's cool. Like, we can open for you guys. Nothing about the podcast. Nothing about, hey, why don't you come on the podcast that's about Neil Young? No, Mike. Uh, no? I, and okay. In fa- and in fact, after uh, this was posted, I believe... Uh, on the original recording of this episode, which I will defer back to many times, the first thing you said was, if I could ask Neil one question, I would never mention this podcast. Uh, yeah, that's true. If, I, if I'd like to bother Neil, if, I'd, if I could bother you with a question, I guess it would be about, I don't know, tonight's the night or something like that. You know, not even mention this podcast. What a boring but, you know, question to waste on Neil. I know, right? I mean, yeah, he probably hears it all the time and he's probably sick of it, but I don't give a fuck. I mean, you know, I would, that's I would the question. Own, I would only talk about Ben Keith with Neil. Yeah, that's right. Hey, what did Ben Keith smell like? <laughs> really? Probably did, he like, did he like to wear cotton or was he like a wool guy? <laughs> Does he like mountain biking? Uh, what did Ben eat for breakfast? See, these are the questions that matter. Yeah, you know? they, yeah, that's absolutely this time true. in our in our culture in our society. You know, I do want to point out that at this point in the original recording of this episode, we had said "Hey, Daryl" no less than twenty-seven oh, times. Okay, should I? Well, start because to, <laughs> I ramp up on the "Hey, Daryls." No, I feel no. like hey, Daryl. They mentioned "Hey, Daryl." Do you do you think subconsciously we didn't do it this time because we thought maybe that's why it didn't record that we were being punished for too many "Hey, Daryls." I don't know. Maybe you just didn't hit record. <laughs> That's probably well, the reason. Originally, Luke's oh, fuck you. There's no cosmic answer to that one. Originally, Luke's theory about the the response from Neil and Daryl had something to do with him thinking that it was like a, a wink or a nod to us because he because it was a response from both Neil and Daryl. In all the right. letters but to then the I, editor, that's the only one he signs sincerely, Neil and Daryl. And I and I think Shu and I were both like kind of you know we were we were having some fun with you when you said that in the in the first recording but uh this time around i'm realizing no brayden specifically is talking to both neil and daryl in that and mm-hmm. that's probably why it's signed and end. and neil being a canadian is just being extra polite you know what you guys so much has already been taken away from me why what do the you fuck do you care all you care about was the fucking band opening for neil young you didn't even care about asking about the fucking podcast so what's the big fucking deal 
Mike, that was going to be part of our rider. Was that's that he bullshit. also has to no, be on that's the podcast? Not, no, of course, that would be a payout then. <laughs> that would be a total payout. He'd give you guys the fucking 35 cents it's worth and send you on your way to go to the fucking Golden Corral and load up on fucking shitty mashed potatoes. Hey, don't shit on the Golden Corral. It I've rules. Shit, I've, shit, I've shit Golden Corral for miles, actually. So fuck those guys <laughs> and their cheese fountain. <laughs> They're never going to be a sponsor. Do hey, we, speaking of payouts and sponsors. Yeah, we got a new sponsor for Long May You Young. Let me, just, let, me just, let me just really quickly say that uh, our, our listener, wonderful listener, Ethan Garrett on Instagram, when we posted that Neil and Daryl had responded to Braden's comment saying that, that uh, they listened the other day, Ethan said, how you respond to this on the next episode will determine if Neil Young ever comes on the podcast. Mark my words. And so how we originally responded, well, you'll never know. Yeah, you will never know. <laughs> no it, was pretty, it was pretty similar, wasn't it? Neil was, <laughs> it was, was telling Neil, he was telling Neil that it was okay for town meeting to open you mean, yeah, for Luke Neil. Was. Or I don't know, was it the other way around that Neil could open for town meeting? Was that it? <laughs> Maybe that was, was it. Definitely not. Yeah, that, that may have been it. But this time you'd, around, you'd be easy on the rider, right? right for Neil, yeah, of course. Yeah. And also because we know that Daryl is a huge fan as well. Daryl, if you want us to be extras in any movies that you make, or <laughs> it's we're obviously okay with that as well. Just let or us know be on the podcast. I mean, whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to do. But I love that uh, how we're responding on this one, which we're hoping is also recording. <laughs> yeah. I don't trust Zoom at all anymore. <laughs> is uh, is we're we're doing our first sponsor. <laughs> yeah. So fuck it, let's do it. Go oh ahead. yeah. Well, uh, our first uh, sponsor, thanks to the folks at the Pantheon Podcast Network, which we're part of, is Tiesta T. You guys are gonna love this. Uh, Tiesta T. If you uh, order Tiesta T online and type in the code Young Fifteen, you can get fifteen percent off of your order. Um, Wow. T. once you go loose, you never go bagged. Oh, I like that <laughs> a lot. Nice. Yeah, right? That's good. I have right? a little bit of an issue with the with the promo code is what, Young15? Yeah, Young15. That's just it's a little too close to young 15-year-olds for my liking. <laughs> so what are you talking about? I don't know. I mean, isn't that, isn't that what the traveling vampire Neil was sitting in his Aerostar van, you know, creeping on? <laughs> 15-year-old girls going into the mall to get their ears pierced. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is Wasn't how we it? respond, everyone. Tiesta T. Well, if he's listened, to, if he's Thank an avid listener, then he's heard us say that before. That's very true. Right? Thank yeah. you uh, to our, our first sponsor. It's, it's kind yes, of a cool Young 15, Tiesta T. If you go to... If you're to, not uh, already supporting us on Patreon, this is another way you could support us. Tiesta right, T. Did, yeah, did they send us the code? Did they send us tea, Shu? They're going to send us tea, from what I've heard. Yeah, if you guys are tea drinkers, so I love I love tea. I'm a big tea guy. Brew up a cup of Tiesta tea and cozy up to Long May You Young and listen to us talk about semen and or and then maybe put on your favorite flannel shirt and listen to uh, the uh, one of the Neil Young bootlegs. Yeah, and get cozy with Tiesta tea. There you yeah. go. That was an organic mention. That's that what they a, asked for. That was, that was an organic mention of a nice organic tea. Yes. Uh, I do. I am a very big tea drinker, especially uh, lately. I've, I don't drink coffee at all. I drink strictly tea, morning and 
night. So I'm excited about this. And I'm also expi- – all, all kidding aside, I'm very excited to have a sponsor. It feels pretty – pretty cool so well luke if you try tiesta tea and order some online don't forget to put in the code young 15 i would never forget that and in, that uh, way we make millions of dollars when <laughs> you put in that code nice. millions you know what neil for our rider will also want some tiesta tea in our right room so neil as when as you're as ordering as tea yeah, online <laughs> uh neil if you're you and daryl enjoy a, ni- a nice hot cup of chamomile hey daryl he figured out that we like chamomile um <laughs> Make sure when you're ordering Tiesta Tea online that you put in the promo code YOUNG15. That's your last name, so I'm just guessing you're going to know how to spell it, so I won't spell it out for you. Yeah, he'll probably But with the out. number 15 attached to it. Kind of like Lucky 13, but not as interesting. <laughs> nice. All, All right, right, let's let's hit the theme song. Let's get into. Oh, it. we haven't even hit the fucking theme song no, yet. Yeah, let's Jesus hit the theme Christ. song. And then Are we'll we get... recording? Did we record that whole thing? <laughs> I'm literally. I have PTSD every time you say that, <laughs> and then I have to check the corner of the screen. And indeed, we are recording. Okay. All right. Our theme. Okay. All right. Mike Shue and the Condon Boys, Trans and Harvest and Illinois. We're gonna sit and listen to each one. It's long, may you young. Thanks for uh, tuning in. If you do that, you don't even tune into a fucking podcast. There's no tuners. Thanks for uh, listening to Long May You Young. The uh, one of three podcasts that we know of about Neil Young on the planet. There's the uh, the French Canadian dudes who have Don't Be Denied, and if you can understand French, I'm sure that's a kick-ass podcast. And then there's the folks over at Thrasher's Weed, who I still think have a podcast going. Although they don't call, they don't call it a podcast; they call it like a radio show, yeah. which is very much in Neil style, keeping it kind of old schoolish. Which you can tune into. Yeah, which you I guess, but it's kind of a podcast, <laughs> no, so you know. can't really. I don't know. I'm not sure how they work at a Thrasher's Weed, but maybe it's if, you, uh, if you have a stringed instrument and you're tuning it while you listen. There you go. While drinking some Tiesta tea. Yeah. Ooh, and don't forget, you can use the promo code YOUNG15 when you're ordering your Tiesta tea online, a proud sponsor of uh, the Long May You Young podcast. So uh, this is the, uh, I guess you could say this would be the first old ways redo hey, did you say, did so you we, say we you, did you say that you were mike shoe and we were luke and russ so okay yeah i'm mike shoe your host and it's luke and and uh russ condon from the band town meeting i don't know if you who, uh I who neil is gonna allow to open uh on his next tour for barn yep and so look for town meeting to open barn. That's, that's completely false news and and neil's is on the phone with his lawyers right now since we've established he's an avid listener of the podcast yep um but uh, you know, this is like uh, this. Hey, is the, lawyers! Hey, hey, Daryl! <laughs> Call the lawyers. These guys are already fucking up. He's not an avid listener. He's a rabid listener. Both. Yeah, he's, he's foaming at the mouth every time he listens. He just has it on repeat all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> and uh, so this is kind of like uh, our uh, old ways, where we recorded a version of old ways that every everybody probably would have liked a lot better. 
in the barn. But then something happened and we re-recorded most of Old Ways. And this is our Nashville sessions, Old Ways. Yes. With the slick session guys. And, and the uh, sponsor. And the, and the sponsor. And we're very much produced. So here we go. And uh, speaking of sponsors, just real quick before we get into it, Mike, I do want to mention that you can become a patron if you go to patreon.com slash longmayyouyoung. And I want to mention our new patrons. Uh, We have six new patrons as of the time of this recording. I'll mention them now. Jack Frayne-Reed, Tim Smith, Matt Devlin, David Meese, Ann Borner, and Craig Bate, or Bite. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but I'm sure he'll let us know. Uh, as soon as he hears this. And Craig Bate, I'm going to call him that for now, uh, is joining John Locke on the old silver gold level, as is Gooehead. Um, <laughs> Gooehead? Is he Goo- from, uh, hey, is Gooehead from West Roxbury? I'm not sure, but uh, Gooehead also upped their tier and is now an uh, old silver gold tier level member of our Patreon. So they, the three of them will be mentioned on every episode. So thank you to John Locke, Craig Bate, or Bite. Uh, and Goohead for being patrons at the old silver gold level. Well, hey, tier. maybe that's why the first uh, recording of this episode failed is because we Goohead was supposed to be mentioned in this one. That's a great point, Russ. I yeah. appreciate that. Goohead, um, that's awesome. Yeah, and you can uh, if you if you join the Patreon, we already recorded two. Uh, exclusive episodes, bonus episodes about the first two archive uh, recordings, um, and we'll be. Uh, doing a lot more of those, a lot of other albums, a lot of other Neil stuff, as well as watching Back to the Future 2 with, uh, with Mike, who has never seen it before, and that'll probably be our next episode. So I Yeah, they're going to get me all liquored up and fill me up with pills and yeah, make are. me sit there, duct tape me to a chair and make me watch that. Sound, kind of similar to what they do at Guantanamo Bay with some <laughs> is, of the terrorists. Is so that what they that do at Guantanamo fun. Bay? <laughs> yeah, it's like Back to the Future. It's all sequels. It's Back to the Future 2. It's Gremlins 2. We're going to get you with a two after it. They torture the guys down there to try to get information out of them. <laughs> Shoot, we're going to get you some of those clockwork orange eye, keeping the eye opener things. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. That's good. I love those. Yeah. <laughs> Neil uses those when he's listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you right now, this is really hard because. Are we cutting out? The audio has been. Not great. Uh, like I can't like right now your picture has been frozen for like 10 minutes and then the okay. audio is like just choppy and going in and out. Well, thankfully we know that Neil doesn't care about audio quality. He never talks about <laughs> it or brings it up. So it's going to, re- it's going to ruin our Blu-ray release of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, rest assured. So I'm recording s- separately on GarageBand cause I'm so paranoid now. So, and whatever I hear from the Zoom is what records for the Zoom call. So, God forbid something weird happens. I have me and Russ and um, the sound clips recording, and I have your. I'm, we're hearing you fine right now. So, I don't stress too much if you can't hear us that well. So, okay. All right. So, there may be a time where I'm going to have to ask you guys to repeat yourselves. That's, That's- all. Totally fine. Um, and I just think it's also very ironic that we're on this album, which I know uh, we had mixed reviews on. I know we already talked about this, but uh, my initial thought on Americana was a little bit more positive than you guys. And that has changed a little bit since I've now moved on to Psychedelic Pill, 
which I don't want to get into because I'll talk for hours and hours about psychedelics. <laughs> well, and how much of it, how much of your opinion changing also has to do with the failure of the recording of the episode. A lot, quite a lot. <laughs> um, but no, so I, I do still really appreciate Americana. Um, I like, uh, this is Neil's uh, 31st album. It's the first time he's back with Crazy Horse since, is it Greendale, Mike, or am I getting that wrong? Well, full-on Crazy Horse with Poncho since um, Broken Arrow. Broken Arrow. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And that yeah. was early 90s, I believe. That was like 96, I want to say. Okay. Or 95, around that time, Something I think. Something like that. And um, since, and that's when I think Poncho moved to Hawaii and became a... Uh, he became like that guy in what's that movie that um, Chris Cooper's dates. in? No, that no, that Chris movie Chris Cooper's in where he's like obsessed with flowers. Uh, the Descendants. The what? The Descendants. No, no. <laughs> I'm just thinking of any movie I know that takes place in Hawaii. Oh, Moana. <laughs> Moana is what you're talking about. Or a, yeah, it's it's Chris Cooper and Moana. Sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah. Chris Cooper and Moana would be yeah. terrible. Except he, he played it like he played fucking Ben Affleck's dad in, in the town. <laughs> Except he's in Moana. And he's doing that terrible, like, Boston accent as Stitch. <laughs> well, we're going to go have to find the spirits. Wait, did you throw Stitch into Moana? We're just throwing any Hawaii. Oh, is that not Moana? No, that was doesn't Stitch. Stitch isn't Lilo and Stitch in Hawaii, too? Yeah, but it's not Moana. <laughs> oh, okay. Shit, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Are you thinking of American Beauty? That's the only other Christmas movie. No, no, movie no, no. Um, although he could play like the homo, uh, homophobic Marine Dad in American Beauty. That would be a great Disney theme. He was great in American Beauty. Yeah. That was Chris Cooper, right? Yeah. Yeah, this one he was in it with... Um, I can't remember. He, he was obsessed with... Uh, lotuses or something like that taking care of uh some kind of flower was it the white lotus the show the limited white series lotus. on hbo white no lotus. it was white lotus the uh icp offshoot oh hell yeah shout out to uh what's his name russ the homie jiggles homie, homie jiggles, jiggles yeah, yeah. I, was, I forgot his name it's because i'm nervous that we're gonna lose everything again i know right this is like <laughs> i don't see the recording light luke Stop, Mike, because I don't have your screen up because I'm looking at notes. Don't do that. It's not fucking funny. Oh, Luke peed a little. Oh, asshole. And not even peed a a lot. I'm in the room with him. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so this is Neil's first uh, time back with the horse since uh, Broken Arrow. I mean, and then Greendale a little bit. Sorry, can can we backtrack a tiny bit? You want to start over? All right, I'll hit the Yeah, let's just start over. (laughs) No, um... We had mentioned in our, in the in the failed recording we had we talked a lot about how much we loved everyone's comments when we posted the Neil the Neil and Daryl response to Braden from Winnipeg's thing, and then I had brought up that email that a really nice uh, listener had sent us. Oh, that's right. And um, I read. Some I re- yeah, I responded to to him. What was his name again? Um, Robert. Did you respond to him too? No, um, I did not yet. Shoot, did you read the whole thing? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I didn't get it. It's a great email. He's he's got a really funny take on 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 the show, and I love yeah. it. Yeah, it was. It's really well thought Eric. out. Um, oh, not not Robert Adam Adam. That's right. Yeah, Adam, Adam that's Adam it. McGregor. Oh yeah, and he he also commented on the uh, on Americana. But sorry, go ahead. 
Oh, no, I, it, I just was saying that uh, I wanted to bring that up, especially the part where he says, speaking of shoe, his voice is literally dripping oral chocolate. That's right. Yeah. If the podcast doesn't work out, he could have a successful career reading literary classics on audiobook. And mm. if they use the same high-res streaming as Neil Young Archives, you might just be able to make him or, or to might be able to make out him scratching his hairy back in the studio. <laughs> Luke's Neil Young impression cracks me the hell up. I listen to you guys while I'm driving, and I'm sure it's raised a few eyebrows in neighboring cars when I have a laughing fit over some stupid bullshit you guys are claiming Neil said. Uh, And anyone who is brave enough to champion Midnight on the Bay, you just know is bringing something fresh to the table. Russ brings a kind of hippie version to his analysis, which I actually really appreciate. His take on Broken Arrow being kind of a juxtaposition, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he just goes on and compliments me. I'm going to skip that part. But he also does say, plus, the guy got sick guns. <laughs> About you? You didn't <laughs> skip over that part. I didn't skip over that part. But he goes also, on. To, he, 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 he also it. says, uh, you just know Adam Morin's dad was in the crowd shouting that night that Neil and the Blue Notes did a whole set of new material. And after the crowd shouted for the hits... In set two, Neil said, okay, here are songs you've all heard before, and then launched into a set of This Notes for You again. What does that mean? I don't know. Was Adam Morin bitching about This Notes for You? I don't think so. I don't think did, so. Did we Shout go out off? to Adam Morin. I just played a show with him. Yeah, we just, we, just, we just played a show with him. Yeah. Yeah, with my other band reader, Remember. Very talented musician, although does not appreciate Neil's solos. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Adam. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking, Adam. Um, oh, I think I think this Adam who wrote this uh, wonderful email is also Canadian. Yeah, uh-huh. he is. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty. Yeah, he says, uh, you know, uh, you guys might not realize because you're from Mass and all, but up here in Canada, it is incredibly customary that if someone is in an awkward social setting, they threaten to burn your barn down. Again, I'm not quite sure what that passage means, but I really appreciate the time, Adam, that you took to write this very detailed well, email shoot, to us. Since you're the one with the oral chocolate, why don't you read that last passage? Because I really like the way he closes out the uh, the Skinnerd one. No, no, the anyways shit from there. Oh, anyways, anyways, shit. I got more to say, but who has the time? <laughs> Uh, this, message, this message has been as long and pointless as a conversation about screws with Nails Lofgren. Uh, midway through our league's <laughs> playoff quarterfinals and donkey ball and halftime is almost up. <laughs> Great show. Love the format, humor, and the in-depth analysis of all things, Neil. It is honestly so refreshing and fantastic. So fire up your CBs, get belligerent, and don't forget to eat a peach, Adam McGregor. Yeah, it's great. It's a great. He kind of ended that like in hateful eight with, "Well, old Mary Todd's a calling." <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And we're gonna learn later that Russ totally faked this it's, yeah. email. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> just like the letter from Lincoln in hateful eight, <laughs> right? I am Adam McGregor. <laughs> That's right. I want to make so many quotes about that, but I definitely cannot make quotes. <laughs> you about can't that. really say any repeat any lines from hateful eight. Any of Walter Walton Goggins lines from that movie, I cannot repeat. Oh right God. Sounds like uh, you're calling me a liar. And <laughs> nice. Uh, and uh, Adam, just so you know, uh, we did have time to read the whole thing on the last recording. We do not have time on this one, right? Because right. we want to get through Americana. But we love you. We love all of our all of our listeners, all of our youngsters, and and all of your comments were hilarious, and we appreciated every single one of them. And we thank you all for following us on Facebook and on Instagram and uh, Twitter and all. Yeah. Of- yeah. 
So please follow us on uh, on Facebook. There is the Long May You Young group. Also, we're at Long May You Young on uh, Instagram and Twitter. And we're all, we also post to the uh, Neil Young subreddit and add like Adam McGregor did. Uh, you can email us at longmayyouyoung at gmail.com. Yes. Is that, that's the email, right? Or contact us through the website, longmayyouyoungpodcast.com. You can listen yes. to all the episodes, buy merch. Yep. There you go. Um, but I do, I just, I, I feel like it is, I don't know if the word ironic is, is right. Um, but, uh, cause I feel like you guys weren't as quite as fond of this album as I, I didn't know. I, I, I mean, we, I think she and I, um, more mostly aligned. I, we liked what he was trying to do. And I think his mission was for sure accomplished, but it just doesn't have, for me, at least it didn't have much of a re-listenable quality to it like i i i won't probably re-listen to it very much i don't like i don't dislike it and there are things in it that i really like a lot but right you i mean where where did you how do you feel about it overall that's not how i feel at all russ i don't know what you're talking about yeah that existed in a cold totally parallel universe reality that is now in the ether that's true wait are you saying that existed in the in a different portal yeah, in a different portal. Well, right. she'll be she'll be coming. She'll be bringing us to the portals. It was the oral chocolate portal. <laughs> the oral oh, portal. the OCP. I'm down. Yeah, the OCP. You down with OCP? Yeah, you know me. <laughs> All right. No, hey, Daryl. Hey, Daryl. They're doing nothing by nature. I love those guys. <laughs> um, no, Russ. Absolutely, I I feel the same way. It's not something I would revisit very often. And I think in the the lost episode, I mentioned that to me it lacked a certain fire to it even though he's yes. back with crazy horse and you can tell when they're playing and hear it in the banter yeah, they're in having between fun. songs yeah. that they're having a good time with this stuff but i don't think just like neil and daryl said about us we're having right. a good time over here <laughs> yeah. right it's like you guys ever play a gig and like you ask like whoever the promoter or something or the owner of the club you're like hey how'd we do and they say meh you had fun you had fun, yeah. Right? You, guys had, you guys had fun up there. You guys had fun. That's what matters. Doesn't matter if you sounded like shit and I hate your music, but you had fun, and that's all I care about. And Mike, I'm not are you saying? Pay you. Are you saying that's what Neil? That's exactly uh, what uh, Neil uh, said. Uh, uh, Neil and Daryl. Neil and Daryl. Neil and Daryl are both like those guys. Sound like they're having they're having fun over there. Yes. That's what that yeah. means. They're, remember, Neil's Canadian, so he's super polite. <laughs> Okay. You know okay. It's not that polite. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of bringing up any conspiracy things because we got Why? we got really deep in our last episode about we got really Neil really Neil spiracies. All of it was was very valid. In fact, I spent some time going through the last season of The Sopranos trying to find that music you were talking about, Luke. Really? But it's the first episode. Is it okay? Maybe I'll go back. Maybe I just did. Is it the end credits? It, no, it's the beginning. It's the opening oh, okay. bit. Oh, see, I wasn't listening to the beginning. So, I was just like scrolling through right, right. away. All so right. we should just try to do a Reader's Digest version, and it's not going to be the same. But basically, I had said that we forever we've talked about Neil being a time-traveling vampire. Mm-hmm. And uh, for any people who really wanted some good, solid content about Americana, just shut the fuck up. Luke, okay? do, right. We're Luke, get do me a favor. Can you check and make sure this is recording real quick? Stop, dude. It's stopping. <laughs> God damn you guys. Listen, uh, if you're waiting to hear stuff about Americana, now's a good time to go to your stove and put on a kettle <laughs> for some Tiesta tea, which is delicious because once you've had it loose, you'll never go back to bagged. 
And if you order it online, use the promo code YOUNG15 and get 15% off. Okay, go ahead, Luke. Wow, so, so All right, so basically forever we've talked about Neil being... Just a- like T-S to T, so... <laughs> yeah. So we've talked about Neil being a time-traveling vampire, and on the Lost episode, <laughs> I basically said I think he's actually much more than that. I think that Neil is an Egyptian god. And I, I say this because I've gone really, really down the rabbit hole... Uh, I finished my third Sopranos rewatch, and then I spent hours and hours watching Sopranos fan theories and different uh, themes of the episodes. And one of the things that a few of the videos mentioned and that I, I noticed this time I watched is there are two running themes in the Sopranos. And it's, it's a show that very much deals with death and what happens after death and the concept of an afterlife. And uh, so the, the show is about life and death. Um, and it's sometimes about a life that maybe you wanted to live but you couldn't live and or about a, a life that you can't seem to get out of. Um, and then it's about death. It's about dealing with thoughts of death, the fear of death. And these themes are represented in a bunch of different ways, but very obviously as you watch and rewatch the show, which if you haven't seen The Sopranos, you should watch it. It's one of the best shows of all time. But life is very often represented by birds. Um, mm-hmm. Tony loves birds. Yep. The whole series starts with him – taking care of ducks in his pool and yep. they come up again and again. So, so Neil, Lo- not Neil, Jesus, Tony Neil. And I'm sorry, this is the Neil. digest version. Sorry, shut the fuck up. All right. <laughs> no, this, I- wait a minute. 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 So are you saying Luke that Tony is supposed to be Neil Young? I, I don't know if Tony's Neil or if, if Neil's like Tony, I think here's what I really think. I think Neil is the show. Neil is the Sopranos. So are you saying like Poncho is like Big Pussy (laughs) and like Ralphie (laughs) is Silvio? Ralphie would be Silvio for sure, yeah. And and Billy is, uh, what's his name there? Billy's Polly Polly Walnuts. Polly Walnuts, Walnuts, right? And and now Daryl is... uh, is uh, or or was it Peggy that was his wife? I think they were blonde, also I, blonde. I think right? so. Here's why. I t- t- Wait a minute, though, because this is weird. Because on the last episode, I had brought up something that had happened that day that was weird. Well, guess what? I, because I was listening to a podcast. Yeah. So I was, yes. listening, I was listening to a podcast today. Right. Okay. Now we're finally, hopefully, recording this episode again. <laughs> podcast. I did not intend. This was this just was all happenstance i'm listening to this podcast at work and uh it's it's that smart list podcast okay with oh yeah jason bateman yeah yeah and will yeah Yeah. and stuff though so the guest today tom hanks right yeah first thing he says when he gets when they let him into the zoom call into the podcast he he says, "Oh, I thought this was helpless, like the neil young song come on oh and then they proceed to talk about splash and Daryl Hannah. Of course. Oh my God! On, stop it. Well, the reason. Oh my we- God! So Neil is actually supposed like so. There's this whole Ozark connection now, yep. right? <laughs> is that what you're saying? I'm saying that it's in everything. Come on, listen. Okay. I'm okay. saying so, that no. I'm agreeing with Luke that Neil is. Uh, He's an Egyptian w- god. Yeah, he is omnis- omniscient, omnipotent. Okay, so hold on. Present. So let me get to the Egyptian god thing. <laughs> I know we'll get to Americana, blah blah blah. It's a good album, blah 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 blah. Okay, but yeah, uh, shut up and drink your tea. Yeah, but right. for, but first, so uh, life is represented by birds, and death is often represented by trains, and sometimes towards the last seasons. Jesus. Mike, I won't spoil anything. In very explicit, obvious ways, uh, death is 
I know Luke, but it's, it's hold a train. on because the Luke because Shu and I are are both all rewatching right now as I know. well. Shu, you're on your second. That's re-watch. why I said I'm not going to spoil anything, right? No, I, I've never, never watched it, it before. Oh, you've never That's why I said it. I'm oh, not no. going to spoil anything. Okay, but you've the episode I just watched, Luke, because um, I'm rewatching and I'm on season three. Are you in season three yet, Shu? No, no, I haven't finished two yet. I'm okay. almost done. Well, the episode I just watched. Um, there's a, a bird representing death, Luke. The crow. The crow. Yeah, we won't say anything else. We won't say anything else. But that's okay. You can't worry about spoiling. But that's so. But we got into this because there are a bunch of Neil reference. Not a bunch. There but are, it, no, there's a few. Uh, there's a good amount of Neil references in the show where they're just they literally reference Neil Young. They say Russ never sleeps. They talk about how Neil loves trains in the show. One of the one of the episodes ends with a Nils Lofgren song, a great mm-hmm. Nils song. But then as we were getting into it. Mike, you had brought up uh, a, a poem about something about Egyptian. Oh, uh, no. There's a poet from Brooklyn named uh, Joseph Smolkowski who goes by the name Copernicus. He's released several albums, and uh, he is uh, an avant-garde uh, artist, and he kind of recites his poetry over improvised music. And his whole theory on what life is, is uh, he calls it um, null. So nothing exists. That's his point, that we are just uh, we are just parts of a dream that one of the Egyptian pharaohs is having. And once the pharaoh wakes up, everything will be wiped out. And then when he goes back to sleep, everything will be recreated again. So every nothing exists and nothing really matters. And we are just in the, so it's very similar to what you're thinking that Neil is, is a, is we're just in Neil's dream right now. And then when Neil wakes up, um, and don't know, feel too, gonna, don't feel too special listeners and us hosts because 98% of Neil's dreams are, are birds and trains, <laughs> right? We right. play a very, very, very small role. But so, but don't be mistaken. We all okay. just are a part of, so go ahead, Luke. So Mike, you brought that up, and I had mentioned that the beginning of so the final season is split into two parts, just like Breaking yeah, Bad. Right. And, uh, so it's technically season six and season seven, but a lot of people refer to refer to it as season six A and six B. But the first episode of season six is episode sixty six, so it's season six episode sixty six. Mm. <laughs> um, and so you're saying that Neil Young is the Dark Lord? I'm just saying. But it's also set to a montage, uh, and the, I think the song is called Seven Souls, but it's about seven different Egyptian gods, and each it flashes to different characters that represent them. You don't, you're not picking this up if you're just casually watching, but on my third rewatch, I'm like, holy shit, and then watching the, all these YouTube videos. But it literally mentions some of these concepts that you were saying, and I just think that e- that Neil Young is, has traveled to the fifth dimension with Stills. He's ascended with above stills. with Stills, but he left Still. He put, brought Stills back. Stills mm-hmm. is Loki, basically. Okay. Um, and so he's ascended time and space, and now he's talking to us through Americana and trying to tell us about the portals, so we have a way out when he finally wakes up from the dream and life ceases to exist. And we go black, similar to another Sopranos reference that I won't mention because it's a monster spoiler. Okay. So, anyway. So Neil is, Neil is a, like Russ said, an omnipresent uh, God that uh, we are just a, a, a figment of his uh, subconscious. And that when he, you know, 
he could probably, it's kind of like when you do a whole podcast on zoom and forget to hit record <laughs> that when it, when he wakes up, nothing exists. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, in this pretty pod, much in this podcast studio room right now, there is a giant picture of Neil watching over Luke and I. Yeah. Yeah, there is. This is the big, this is how cults begin. And I'm really starting to worry. That's what I'm saying. It's very scary. Anyway, I'm glad too that I feel like and Ethan Garrett. This is also how we respond. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yes. We're, also, we're accusing Neil of being a cult leader. Right? I love too and that a god who's we all, not necessarily all loving. Right. <laughs> I love that we recorded a full episode on Americana, and I think the three of us all were like, "Man, I really hope that we can remember that Sopranos content that we talked <laughs> about." Yeah, <laughs> and not anything specific about. There the are album. a lot of references. David Chase must be a huge Neil Young fan. There's a few I'm references sure in there. He's yeah. A, yeah. Um, but so about the album, uh, Ethan Garrett. Speaking of Ethan Garrett, wrote something that I thought was a perfect explanation of the album. He said, "Odd album. Honestly, I've always looked at it as a rehearsal slash shakeout exercise for the horse to get things in gear before recording Psychedelic Pill." Having now re-listened to Psychedelic Pill several times, I think I 100% agree with that. So it definitely feels rehearsal-esque. It feels um, it feels like they're kind of getting into the swing of things. I also love I love the idea behind this album. I love what Neil was trying to do with some of these songs. I think all these songs, and he even says this, they deal with death in like dark subject matter. Yet we mm-hmm. see them in schools. And he wanted to put a new take on it with the horse. And I think he did some really cool fucking versions of these songs. So I I love the, I love the idea behind the album. I love that idea, which you just explained, you know, and, and it's, he's doing this in the folk tradition of just carrying these songs on in his own particular way, his own interpretations as they used to from singer to singer, they still do in some cases. Um, and I love that idea. I love that he's trying to teach a little uh, history lesson about this country through the music, like you said, that has been pretty much just burned into our genes, you know, which is like, you know, kids like we we learned. I learned this song as a kid. I'm much older than you guys. You learned these songs when you were a kid. These are songs like, you know, the parents would sing with their kids in the car to kill time because they were just simple little almost nursery rhyme type songs. But, you know, uh, this country has a history that is pretty much, you know, this, this country was based if, or founded on violence. Yeah. You could say violence and, and segregation and racism of some point. And I like what like he's trying to do is bring that stuff back and let people know through these songs that we always thought were kiddie tunes you know, there's some dark shit that's that brought us to this point. But at the same time, the performances to me are, I don't know, they're just not exciting. Like I love Crazy Horse and I love when they get into a groove and they try real hard on this album and only they only achieve it a couple of times, in my opinion. And it's just not something that I get, you know, crazy for, like, say, Psychedelic Pill or, right. you know, they really needed David Briggs on this record, I think, right. to really send it home. If you listen to Ragged Glory... All right. And you listen to this album. I mean, Ragged Glory was recorded live. Yeah. It's just the difference was they had Briggs there and he was kicking the shit out of the horse and getting them to rehearse. So when right. Neil walked in, they were just kind of ready to go. And those songs are so fucking good. You know, they're excellent tunes. Yeah. And they just needed a little, uh, they needed some kind of guiding hand. 
I, I agree, but also I think be, just because of the nature of these songs, I don't know what – they're not originals, although they're on a lot, if not most of them, they're original compositions. I mean, not compositions. What's the word I'm looking for? Well, just they're original takes. Takes, you know, right. But like, that, that was my issue with this record was not to keep saying this word. My Originally, my take was that these aren't originals, and I like – I'm just a, I like listening to Neil and I like to listen to Neil's writing, you know, and that's like what she was saying. I love, I like what he's doing with, with the idea and saying, Hey, these kitty songs that we've been singing about our country and blah, blah, blah. There's a lot more to it than you realize. And, and these are, these things are dark and this country is, yeah, it's beautiful, but it's also pretty fucked up and right comes from some dark places and there is still darkness here and we still got a lot of fucking work to do and etc but like for me it just uh i i i mostly agree with you that i think um i i yeah there are times when i do feel like they're having fun and i i think yes if briggs was a part of this it would have another quality that would maybe make it more do you think like briggs would have been for or against saying tom dooley 87 times. That's the first thing he would have done was cut that down to at least 30 times. At le- yeah, at least at least 28 Dooley's. Yeah. yeah. That's what he would have done, first you, thing. You think I don't think we need all these Tom Dooley's. Too many Dooley's. Yeah, too many Dooley's. He would have given him a Dooley limit. He would have said, hey, Dooley. here's your Dooley limit. Dooley limit. And he would have known that Neil would, was going <laughs> to surpass it anyway. Like he knows that Neil's not going to listen. So he would have made it. He would have way lower shot it. You know what I mean? Like – like Briggs's dually limit would probably be like forty, right? right but he'd tell right. Shu, he, uh, he'd tell uh, he'd tell Neil, uh, your limit is twenty. You, you think know? they would have because like- then he'd know that that Neil's going to do at least at least ten more than what he tells him to right. do. So Any more dually? To- you're going to owe me ten thousand dollars for every dually you throw in there. That's so what tries- I'm going to say right now. He tries to undercut the duallys. So yeah. that way there'll be the dually. He has a dually limit in mind, but he undercuts it knowing that Neil will counter. Yeah. They right. had a long negotiation about dually. And then he drew up, he drew up, he drew up an IO due contract. Yeah. Man. Yeah. <laughs> they call it no. the dually treaty on the, uh, on the archives. 20, 25 thou. You don't want to keep a hold of that one. Come on. The dually treaty. Yeah. I think that's so, I think, I mean, I just, I, it just lacks something. There's something missing on this album, which to me with crazy horse, with this great idea he has, and it just, the, yeah, when but you it, get down uh, to the actual yeah. listening, it just isn't to me. It just doesn't, it doesn't. But Hey, this is why we do this podcast. Buttons. It's a, uh, it's fucking Neil, man. It's it's a cool idea, and uh, and like right, said, and like, his and like we always, said, in yeah. The, yeah, and uh, as we said in the lo- in the lost episode, mission accomplished. You know what I mean? Like he he, I think he fully achieved what he set out to do. Yeah, duly. To know? quote Russ's favorite president, George W. Bush, "Mission accomplished." That's right. With this album, yeah, boys. Hey, Daryl. <laughs> they mentioned Junior. They mentioned Junior again. <laughs> <laughs> no, Daryl, not not Uncle Junior. <laughs> um, so, um, to, to, oh, sorry. Go but ahead. just remember, when this album was made, there was it was an election year, and there was a recession going on. So you could say some of these tunes really applied to the time yep. he was bringing them back. Absolutely. And with these, you know, and with these, uh, you know, uh, extra verses that people tried to omit. 
uh, over the years, you know, unfortunately, a lot of those are still relevant now. I would say more relevant in some yeah. ways. Um, right. To quote Neil from a article he did with American Songwriter, um, he wrote, every one of these songs uh, has verses that have been ignored, and those are the key verses. Those are the things that make these songs live. They're a little heavy for kindergartners to be singing. The originals are much darker. There's more protest in them. Um, and uh, I just, yeah, I think he really tried to bring really tried to bring those verses to life. And I don't know if I agree that I think I, I hear what you're saying that this album is missing something, but I also think I, I like like uh, Susanna and Clementine. Oops, sorry. That was a, that was the, the jacket from back to the future Two in my throat. Um, but like songs like Susanna and Clementine, I like his versions better than the originals. I think sometimes, like I think a good amount of these, I like his more than the originals. Yeah. The only exceptions being um, "Get a Job" and "Gallows Pole." See, I totally disagree there. I think "Get a Job" is I like is fantastic. Job too, yeah. It's I don't phenomenal. think "Get a Job" even belongs. Yeah, but in this we album. discovered in the in the lost episode that Luke doesn't like it because he's a racist, and we <laughs> yeah, tried to explain. Basically. We tried to explain the story behind it, and he just wouldn't. and he just totally disagreed. We'll you get into it when that. we get to the song. So you can't, you can't really say you like them better than the originals, Luke, because you really don't know. And a lot of these, besides "Get a Job" and maybe a couple others, you really don't know what the originals are. Where the originals came from. You just like think, in the, you in like the case, Neil's version better than a lot of other people. Like in, in the case of like Clementine or, or Clementine or Tom Dooley, no, or I even can, Gallows Pole or something like that. So many people have done it, right? But they all follow a similar like rhythm and key structure. And his are especially the first two songs are entirely different songs. Like Clementine is nothing like Oh my darling, right? Oh my darling, yeah, like he yeah. changes the song entirely. And I like, even though Clementine is kind of a very weird song when you really get into it about someone, you know, hooking up with his sister after not having sex with the corpse of the woman he's in love with or something like no, that. No, it wasn't his sister. It, it was the sister, sister of the dead sister. girl. Oh, okay. You're right. Let's and get yeah, it right, Luke. But the, See, sorry, now you're, you're, yeah, you're Clementine you're, was blowing bubbles while she drowned. Yep. Yeah. You're taking folk liberties now. You know, like Neil's doing with these songs, you're just taking it and reinterpreting it to fit your needs. I can take as many folk liberties as I want. It's I disturbing. Just, I just like his you because you can look up these versions and almost all of them follow the same pattern, and Neil's do, doesn't for the most part. And I just like I really like his take on these songs. I, it's like Oh Susanna is great. It's tons of fun. You can you can feel the horse kind of getting into the groove again, and I just. I don't know. Obviously, it's not psychedelic pill, but it's not supposed to be psychedelic pill. No, no. This is yeah, completely different. This is an experiment, and not all of Neil's experiments, as we've learned, you know, we were successful, right? right. You know, but, he's, he's but again, it's he's not that this isn't, things this and, isn't this isn't not successful. It's just um, I won't probably listen to it a lot. I probably won't either. But yeah. I don't know. I think that's but that's again, fine. but a successful. I think he succeeded in doing what he set out to do. He drew attention right. to these songs. Yeah. He drew attention to the verses that you don't hear. And I think he did a damn good job. And I think they had a ton of fun. I think they were having a lot of fun when they made it. <laughs> hey, we Neil, had a you, good time over there. Neil, you had fun. That's In what's important. <laughs> That's what matters. On Blu-ray. Okay? Don't listen Blu-ray. to what anybody else. Don't listen to what like Russ has to say. You had fun and that's all that matters. <laughs> Blu-ray. Stop saying Blu-ray. Jeez.
Yeah, go ahead and release it on Blu-ray, Neil, because you had fun. Make it a fun Blu-ray. He did have fun. Um, well, you know, the, 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 some critics, it was really surprised. It was very polarizing uh, with the critics when it came out. Some really surprising comments to me were his best album since Rust Never Sleeps, according wild. to Dan Forte of Vintage Guitar. And uh, Robert Christogau, the uh, what does he call himself? The Dean of American Music Criticism, <sighs> said it was the uh, best album of, of 2012. What a dork. And um, I don't know. I don't, I'm best since Rust Never Sleeps. No, that couldn't be more wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah right. That's the craziest I mean, thing I've ever heard anyone say. That's, yeah, that's insane. But, you know, some people and then other people were just like, this is the sloppiest. Like, what did one person say on our Facebook page when you put the artwork up there? I think it was, it was Her- like the one word review, right? Yeah, I think it was Herwig de Jong just wrote crap. Yes, it's crap. <laughs> Shit sandwich. Um, but other, <laughs> other critics, too, like uh, Michael Hahn from The Guardian said he found the album impossibly pointless. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really mean. Critics kind of suck. And I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. They have to be critics, you know. So, right. That's their job. We know, to... we know Neil has not always had the yeah. best sort of relationship with critics all the time but also if you want to talk about a job that's impossibly pointless it's uh being a, yeah, a music podcaster critic. hey <laughs> <laughs> whoops that's what did true. i say it's, i'm sorry it's it's, it's russ it's only pointless when you don't hit record so <laughs> you guys are so mean i did hit although, record by the although, way you dicks although the i will say the guitar a lot of it, i do like what he's do they're doing musically in this i think they're all playing really well and, oh. and the the chorus is the like the um, choir is nice at those times. And um, yeah, I think his guitar work is great. Do we still have shoe with us? Yeah. 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 You were breaking up there, Russ, but I got you now. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, it sounds like the, the band has got some group. Like I like what they do with those Susanna. We'll talk about that when we come with it. And I like, I do like how he rearranges some of the songs. It's just the, it's, it's, there's like a flatness yeah, yeah. to this album. Like the, it lacks a certain kind of spark to me. Mm-hmm. that I've gotten from his records before with Crazy Horse and without. Right. So, and maybe it's because it's with Crazy Horse and I love his albums, his music with Crazy Horse that maybe I'm just a little let down. So maybe sure. there's that kind of bias sure, that's yeah. worked in there also. Sure. Yeah, I think yeah. that's fair. And I don't disagree with the, with when you describe it as a flatness. I think I get that. And I think that's just going to happen when you haven't been with this band for 20 something years do you know what i'm saying so i don't know and then you're like hey let's do some songs oh great did you write some stuff no we're gonna do songs from the 1800s yeah we're gonna do the songs that you learned in school (laughs) we're gonna do songs uh that originally had the n-word in them right and poncho's probably like i came back for this (laughs) you want me to play oh susanna right okay neil (laughs) good one buddy um but yeah, I think uh, overall, mixed reviews from us, mixed reviews from critics, and mis- mixed reviews from Facebook. You had kind of and people hey, running the gamut. That's fucking Neil, man. For that's you. fucking Neil, man. Yeah, right? it is fucking Neil, man. Um, yeah. And I, I'm not going to read all the reviews, but I will say that Joel from the other uh, podcast, Don't Be Denied, um, had the had the opposite of, uh, I think, most people. He said, I've always been very fond of this one. The horse is back after way too long, and they're loose as hell. I like this album more than some parts of Psychedelic Pill. I think the first three songs are almost foot-tapping, crazy horse classics. 
Um, and he said, it's interesting to know that Neil used to do these kinds of songs with the Squires back in the day. Um, but I just thought that was wild that he said there are some parts that are more classic than psychedelic pill or something like that. I just, I yeah, I, yeah, I just don't, um, you know, that's the great thing about music. Everybody hears it differently, but yeah, of course. I just don't, I don't get those comparisons with Russ never sleeps and psychedelic pill. And no, um, to me, those are just much, much better albums. Although, you know, Neil mentioned in uh, Waging Heavy Peace that, you know, he um, he re- heard these songs when he was a kid. Yeah. So not just covered them with the Squires, but when he was in school, you know, they would sing these songs too. So even in Canada, mm-hmm. you know, these songs probably got the treatment you know, they lightened them up for the kids. And that's another reason why I like he uses the kids chorus in this because he uses the kids chorus to sing those verses that were taken out because they didn't want kids singing them. I think that's a great move on Neil's part. Yeah, yeah. It is funny that a Canadian wrote a song, an album called, or made an album called Americana and ended it with God Save the Queen. <laughs> well, that's probably, I'm guessing, uh, and any of our Canadian listeners can correct me, but I'm guessing when Neil was a kid, they may have still been singing God Save the Queen in schools i think they were i think in he public schools that in an article right. so maybe you know i don't know if they were i mean when did canada re- get its independence you know but Depends i mean i'm just saying even dimension. if they even, even if they were still independent they were still pretty loyal to england so i i would imagine god save the queen was just one of those tunes that they sang like we you know very similar to god save the queen we learned how to sing uh my country tis of thee right which is the same tune right Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God save our gracious queen. God save the so queen. So I'm going to try to say don't be denied in French. Okay. And uh, this is for, is his name Joel or is Joel. it Joel? Joel. Joel. Ne pas être nie. Ooh, I like that. Mike, you. I, I don't even know if that's right. That's, that's got to be right. Do we know if it they sounded right? Do we know if they have the same sort of thing as us? Do they go through album by album? I think it's diarrhea like a, of the mouth. Is that what you're talking <laughs> no, about, Russ? Much more professional. Uh, <laughs> I believe it's like an oral history of Neil. I don't think it's necessarily album. Oral like, chocolate oral history. Oral chocolate of Neil. Oral chocolate of Neil. Yeah. It, uh, sorry, dripping oral chocolate. Yeah. Mm. The the difference, Russ, is that when they do their podcast, they hit record. Right, yes. I fucking hate you of guys. Course. <laughs> fucking. You know what? Fuck both of you. Sorry that literally I've been in charge of... the problem. You were, you were hitting record in metric. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Sorry for literally doing everything and you motherfuckers hey, you know, just hop okay, on. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. Run okay. your mouth and do your dumb old silver gold impressions. Hey, man. And then okay. I spend hours afterwards editing and shit. Sorry I right. fucking fucked up. Sorry, I guess I'm not the only one that's not perfect around here. You got to throw in a Mr. Man at the end of that. <laughs> I cook and clean for you and I do everything. And what, what do I get? What, what was my Mr. Time? Man? <laughs> That's from Misery. No, no yeah, mine was from Dumb and Dumber. Dumber. You missed oh. my Dumb and Dumber reference earlier. I did? Yeah. What was yours? When I was talking about the IO dues and then oh, I said, yeah, I got contract out. Might want to hold on to that one. Okay, that was a good one. <laughs> All right, you guys want to hit some, some of these? Yeah, songs? let's get into it. Let's get into O Suzanne. All right, here we go. Uh, Hey, quick public service announcement before we start going song by song here. Um, 
these songs, what you hear on the podcast, obviously the quality sucks because we're going through Zoom and I'm going through my iPad through Bluetooth for the portions that we're listening to. So obviously go listen to much better versions um, because these songs are great um, and they deserve you. They deserve your attention on the archives or on um, Spotify or however you listen or go buy the album. <laughs> I know that's unheard of now, but anyway, I don't even know why this is this long. I should have just said these aren't that good. God, I love hearing my voice. I love hearing my voice. Anyway, here's the songs. The quality's going to suck, but uh, y- y- you'll, you'll get the idea. fun <laughs> i was gonna say that um the beginning of that tune there is a lot like tiesta it's very loose it's very loose it's not bagged that's right like tiesta tea that's and right if you order online and use the promo code young 15 you'll get 15 percent off your tiesta tea purchase and maybe billy talbot will start playing a bass line which will kick off the tune of your life i kind of like how they just kind of stumble into that song i was gonna i was gonna say yeah. what do you think how long do you think they would be just goofing like that if billy didn't start actually playing the lick like the bass line because once he starts playing the bass line then yeah and ralphie and and neil start to like actually well neil probably had to walk over there and tell him what to play yeah i'm guessing like we're doing we're doing all susanna come on billy yeah I mean, if you watch if you watch the Year of the Horse, there's sometimes I think Billy forgot what song they were playing, <laughs> and they get into it. But uh, yeah, I like how that just kind of stumbles into it. There, I like this. You know, I like the groove they got going on yeah, this. I like this too. This version, I love this take of this song. This song was written by Stephen Foster in the 1800s. Or if you want to take uh, my take from the Lost episode, this song was written by Neil Young when he traveled back in time and gave Stephen Foster credit for this song. And then Stephen Foster changed it and put the N word in it because he's uh, a racist. Well, it could have been Neil in his Reagan days. That's true. You know. Neil did not hate African Americans in his Reagan days. He just hated the gays. That's yeah, true. Outside. That's true. Okay. That's true. Uh, Stephen Foster wrote the song, uh, and then it was performed. Uh, it, well, made famous basically by blackface minstrel troops. So, well, that's what Steve, Stephen Foster wrote a lot of that stuff for the 
you know, the blackface, the minstrel crowd, the, the vaudeville thing. That that's, was like his, that's where he made his money. Yep. Um, and um, he had a, he has a statue and I believe he's from Pittsburgh and he has a statue in Pittsburgh of him and sitting at his feet is what is perceived to be a slave playing uh, guitar. And a lot of people have called for that statue to be torn down along with, you know, a verse Neil didn't, didn't include in this version and rightly so. You know, he said, uh, the, the verse that wasn't included is, I jumped aboard the telegraph and traveled down the river, electric fluid magnified and killed 500 N-words. Jeez. The bull, the bull gin burst. The horse ran off. I really thought I'd die. I shut my eyes to hold my breath. Susanna, don't you cry, which sounds like a steamboat accident. Yes. From what th- this verse is describing. Yeah. Um, and then the whole thing about Susanna being from down south, from Alabama, the banjo, or the B A N J O on her knee. You know, there's I, a lot I, of what uh, they can, I like make, stereo, stereotypes in this too. I want to make sure that we don't let Luke off the hook because I knew this was going to get brought up. Because, um, and I'm sorry, everyone, that we keep bringing up the lost episode, but just you're just going to have to surrender to that because it's hey, just, Russ, they're they're the same way. They just keep bringing up fucking chrome dreams and it's never going to happen. So we'll just keep bringing up the lost episode. So anyway, in the lost episode, we had another donkey ball moment because Luke honestly thought in this song that Neil was saying a BA as in a bachelor's degree, bachelor's degree Mm -hmm. in arts or whatever that means in G O in G O G O. Like geology. 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 No. like geology. Is that geology? So the study of rocks. You know, yeah. it's up for interpretation. I get that because Neil Young definitely does rock. Not and why I, would he not have a BA in see, geology? Because the guy knows rocks. That's, that's right. I get point. it, Luke. That's Listen, good, it. it sounded like that. That's what he was saying. He had really? a BA in geo. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, w- I wish I'll save, I'll save you the joke, Mike. Don't you wish that I had a BA in remembering to hit record? Okay. Oh, that's a good one. I wasn't even thinking that, but yeah, but you would have got to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought, and I'm fucking fine with it. I got. I don't okay. give a shit. I'm just thinking, you know, of a, a, a former slave, you know, who's got nothing and is escaping north, also happens to have a BA in geology. <laughs> okay, listen. I'm I mean, you know, dumb, that's you know, okay? Frederick Douglass was a slave, and look, look, you know, look what he did with his life. So exactly. I'm not, I'm not questioning it's it. I'm just saying it's, it's possible. I think it's enslaved that's all. person. <laughs> Okay, whatever. Listen, it is what I'm saying is, and then when you when you free yourself, you're self emancipated. Okay, what what the point of this is that I'm dumb. Okay, yes, that's the point. Yeah, we're all agreeing with that. Um, and I don't even think if you really want me to be honest that I knew this was a cover until I got to Clementine and realized, oh, this is a cover, not just a song Neil wrote. <laughs> okay, do you want me to just be 100% you honest? You never sang Oh, Susanna? I don't know if I ever sang Oh, Susanna. I probably did, but also my brain is dumb. Me not smart. Well, I, I actually will side with Luke when I first heard this record. I And I heard Oh, Susanna, I thought it was a Neil song. I didn't know that it was a, a like a, an old-timey tune. I don't remember this song. Being you never sang, oh, Susanna, don't you cry for me. Um, I, Yeah, I feel like I knew it. There you go. Yeah, but this version, Neil's version is so different that it's like, 
I didn't, I didn't connect the dots. Well, I got my bachelor's associate's degree in, in geography. geography. I come from Alabama with a banjo on my knee. Yeah. I love to Louisiana, but I true love for to see. Yeah, I'm not going to do the whole thing. Uh, yeah. Totally, this, uh, the reference here is uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And uh, he gets on the boxcar and the, uh, the hobo won't stop singing the old timey songs and he throws himself off the train. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, that's a good reference. Yeah. Uh, that was the second South Carolina string band that did that version that I just played. Um, yeah, I just don't think I made the connection because Neil's version doesn't sound anything right. like that, even that melody. You know? and, and I like I like what he did. I mean, if this was a song that was stereotyping or using stereotypes of African-Americans, I like, if that's the case, I like how he took and, and made it, like that v, the, the beat there is very like slim Harpo, you yeah. know? So it's like, yeah. he's like a legendary blues artist. So like taking this like blues rhythm and putting it to the song, kind of turning it around. Yeah, like almost you know, he re- did reclaiming it in a way. Yeah, and he did say that he wanted to do that with these songs, reclaim them or or make them ours. Yeah. Or make them, you know, whoever is listening can play them their own way and make them theirs. Right. You know, so I, I thought that was, I, if that was indeed the case, Neil. Yeah, I, I, I like that a lot. Um, I, li- I liked his version a lot. I also really liked his Clementine. I thought it was very unique, uh, much obviously sadder. And less sappy than the original version. Um, did you guys have anything else? Anything else about Susanna, or do you want me to move on to Clementine? No, let's let's go on to Clementine. No, let's go on to Clementine. All right, let's go on to Clementine. That fucking whore. Yeah, this version is miles above any other version I've ever heard of this song. I think this sounds like it would go perfectly on Mirrorball. Yes, it sounds yeah, like yeah. It's, it has that Pearl Jam vibe to it. The way he does it, I yeah. like it. I like it too. Yeah. Um, also, can we talk about Ralphie's drumming? I feel like he nails it on this album and this song. I, I just I like. I think Ralphie's a a great drummer. Look, so. you're not allowed to talk about the drumming. I'm not really. No. Why? That's my job. Because you hate Ringo Starr, so you yeah, know you nothing don't like about Ringo, drumming. So you yeah. don't know anything about drumming. Speaking of things that are your job, Russ, I asked this on the last episode, <laughs> but uh, Ben Keith, if he was still around when they recorded this, you think he would have? Uh, you think it would have been a different album, a better album? What you would have appreciated more? Yeah, for sure. Really? Anything with Ben, I'm going to appreciate more. All right, well, that's a way different answer than you left on that one. I think you said, fuck Ben Keith, I hate him on the Lost episode. Yeah, sure. There's no way to disprove that, so. (laughs) 
until and and except <laughs> except for fifteen years from now when Neil releases that episode when he goes to a different timeline. We're just gonna we're just gonna make claims about it. the old episode. I told you who killed Kennedy, but I'm not gonna tell you again. Screw Mike, that. wait till we get into the lost shit all said. the spontaneity. Wait till we get into the shit you said about psychedelic pill on the lost episode, Mike. You're not gonna be off the hook for that. Oh my god. <laughs> If I remember correctly, I was smoking a little bit of weed during that you last episode. We were so. smoking the a last episode. Weed. Yeah, there were some honey slides going. <laughs> you, you actually <laughs> that one couldn't hide. Hey, so uh, so so drove the drove she ducklings to the water every morning just at nine. There again, Sopranos. That's Sopranos, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. You know, because the ducks took off with Tony's penis. That's, <laughs> That's right. That's what that was the theory, right? Yeah, and then uh, and then. Tony's boat is the Stugats. Right. Which yeah. is, which is means male genitalia. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, uh, Neil boats. This podcast. That's right. He <laughs> also <laughs> likes boats. He has two of them. Uh, this he's podcast trying to sell one is basically just a big fat load from a penis. So that ties. <laughs> there in. you go. Semen reference. Yep. Enjoy that with your Tiesta T if you use the promo code. Young also, 15. And so welcome and also say goodbye yeah. to our yes, first sponsor, so, yes. everyone. Because once they hear this, they won't be accepting that code very much longer. <laughs> so please get it while you can. Very good, Russ. You're absolutely right. Lawyers are on the phone. Tiesta, I just want you to know we did none of these inappropriate jokes on the lost episode. I wish you could. Right, we can make all sorts of claims on that lost episode. We had Daryl Hannah on the last episode. That's right. But, <laughs> she but, was great, uh, by the way, on that. Record. Yeah. Boy, she DH gave love really life. DH crazy love stuff life. about Neil and the way he likes his cereal. She confirmed Kill Bill 3 on the last right. episode. <laughs> Right. And Grumpy Old Men 3 confirmed both of those on the last episode. Yep. Neil's going to be in Grumpy Old Men 3. <laughs> right? <laughs> yep. He's going to be the neighbor that moves in next door, the old hippie. <laughs> plays his music too loud, scares all the fish. Hey, Daryl! Hey, Daryl! They said I'm going to be in Grumpy Old Men 3. Is that hey, true? Hey, Daryl, did they mean that about Kill Bill 3? <laughs> He's checking with her to make sure. <laughs> hey, I'm going to be in a movie! <laughs> The, the darkness in this, it's great that, again, that he has the kids' choir and that this used to be a song teachers would te- teach kids because the, the lyrics, like, after that line that I read, it's like, hit her foot there against a splinter, fell into the foaming brine, ruby lips above the water, blowing bubbles soft and fine. But alas, I it was no swimmer, so I lost my Clementine. Right. I mean, that's just... That's like horrible, but it, it's, it's written beautifully, but it's, it's just, it's, no, like, it's so weird. It's like, she's, she drowned and he, he just watched, watched her, drown. her drown. Like the bubbles are blowing up from her ruby lips. Well, and I'm, not a, right. I'm not a strong swimmer. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. So didn't even try. On, yeah, on, right? on, I mean, because add- he knew she had a sister. Right. You to wanted add, to go for the sister. Well, to add insult, insult to that, Mike, not only is that, the, the darkness of the song after that he goes on to say though in life i used to hug her now she's dead i'll draw the line so he's well, uh, so, basically yeah. saying he's not going to be intimate with this corpse because yeah, she's yeah. dead and that's where i draw the line so well at least, so he does at least he's not a total scumbag yeah, exactly right um but he does go right after the sister so I mean, right yeah yeah 
body's still in the water. They haven't even dredged her out yet. He's already like on the phone going. And then so, he just uh, forgets her. Um, <laughs> One kiss from the sister and Clementine is no longer in his mind. Right, exactly. So not to keep going down the old rabbit hole here, but do you guys know that this song was, the lyrics were written by someone named Percy Montrose in 1885. And it was based on an earlier song called Down by the River Lived a Maiden. Jeez. Oh, and a man needs a maiden. And mm-hmm. we're recording this podcast on mantra. Come on, man. You don't need to give my address <laughs> out. You fucking oh psycho. Just bleep that. Oh, my God. Really? It was called Down by the River? Yep. Down by Holy the River Lived a Maiden. Shit. This whole Neil Young, like, tear in the fabric of time. and R- Written in, the lyrics were written in 1884. And I believe, doesn't he say on his first solo album on Last Trip to Tulsa that he's been... Was something working on something for 84 years, or am I getting that wrong? He was chopping down the uh, palm tree for 87 years. Seven years, damn it. So close. Still, though, he was around. Yep. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, Neil wrote these songs. That's blowing my (laughs) mind. I'm telling you, he's a fucking time traveling Egyptian god vampire, and he lost Guillermo for these little sessions, and that's why he (laughs) dipped in and out of of these different. I'm pretty sure Shu used 87 earlier in this podcast, too, as like a. No, uh, that T code is young fifteen, Russ. No, I know, but you said it, something about eighty-seven oh. years earlier in the podcast. Well, one eight seven is the isn't that the code for death, like a homicide? Is it? I, I don't know. Now we're just fucking... now you're just reaching. Now you're <laughs> oh, just I making think that stuff really up. is. Yes, I'm gonna look this up right now. It I, is weird though that you brought up what we do in the shadows because I just watched an episode last night. It's a great show. Hey, Daryl. Hey Daryl, who's our who's our familiar? Who <laughs> would be Neil's familiar? <sighs> well, it was L.A. Johnson for a long time, right? Right? Maybe Lucas Nelson. One eight seven is uh, the the California Penal Code for murder. <laughs> oh boy! Okay, nice. What I'm basically trying to say in this podcast, through so many words and codes, is that I, I've I've murdered several people. Uh, speaking of murder, you guys want to move on to Tom Dooley? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's another fun filled uh, song here from the 1800s, right? I believe so. A Civil War tune for sure. Let's hit uh, Tom Dooley. Oh, Jesus. I think he says Tom Dooley 187 times before the song. Oh, I think started. that's what it, you actually, that's weird. That's what you did say earlier. Shu said, I think he says Tom Dooley 87 times. Oh, right, right. Has anyone counted? Someone should count for us. That's true, Russ, because after hearing it 87 times, it makes me want to murder. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Mike. Yeah. Tom Dooley or such a woman? Oh, Tom Dooley. Really? Okay. I'll take I'll take a twelve minute version of Tom Dooley if you got one. Well, that's the version that we got. Let's play the whole thing, guys. Here we go. Oh God! Come on. I'm not going to play much more of this actually. We we get it. I can I can tell you what the how the rest goes. It goes like this. Tom Dooley. Tom Dooley. That's how the rest of the song. Just put that on a loop for 10 minutes. That's how um, it goes. Another song based on a true story, uh based on the 1866 murder of a woman named Laura Foster from Wilkes County, North Carolina. 
by Tom Dooley. But there are several different uh, theories, uh, and a lot of people suggest that Dooley was not uh, res- actually responsible for the murder, that uh, he was having an affair with someone named Grayson's wife, I think, or something, and that the wa- that woman who was his cousin or the cousin of the woman who was murdered actually committed the murder, and then he just took the rap for it. So uh, a lot of different versions of this song made, I think, most popular by, was it the Kingston Trio, you said? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. I think they had a hit with it. Mm-hmm. And um, Grayson is mentioned in the song. That's this right. time tomorrow, I reckon where I'll be hadn't a been for Grayson, I'd have been in Tennessee. Yep, that's right. Um, but yeah, you know, it's a song about death that makes a lot of people want to kill themselves, I think. Yeah, that's just murder, nice. murder themselves. Um, yeah, this guy, Tom, allegedly stabbed uh, this woman with a knife up in the mountains and they're getting ready to hang him. Yep. And, I and think, uh, this is something that was taught to children. Yeah, children saying this. <laughs> right, um, right. It could lo- be four minutes less. That's do all I'm going to say. Do you think it would be harder to find a children's song that didn't have to do with, like, murder and death than it is to f- actually find a children's song that... Sub- that's like, a good question. I feel like the majority of children's songs, you're like, oh, yeah, that song's actually about, like, like summoning Satan. They're always, <laughs> it's always something like that. Yeah, I, I the first song that came to mind was Itsy Bitsy Spider. But doesn't the spider die in that song? So maybe Pretty you're sure, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's washed. Washed. Yeah, out. that's true. It drowns. Kind of like uh-huh. Clementine. Maybe like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. You know what? Okay. I won't fuck that spider. That's where I draw the line. No. <laughs> God. Cuz I'm an I'm a good upstanding citizen. Um Yeah, this I, this this song drives me nuts. It could definitely hey, be hey, half as, it it could be it could be half the length. But hey, Shoe, as Neil and Daryl say about us, they're having a good they're time over there. Right. Having fun. No, they're recording. They're having fun. They're having they fun. have a lot of fun over there <laughs> at the barn. So good for them. Um, I originally grabbed a bunch of like other versions of these songs, but we're not going to go through all of them. Um, let's, uh, let's try and bust through more of these. Speaking of someone being hanged, the next song is Gallows Pole. <laughs> yeah, this seems to be a theme building here. <laughs> First, it was uh, first it was uh, 500 people dying in a steamboat accident, and then it was a, a woman drowning, and then it was a guy getting hung, and now we're we're back now we to the gallows. But we don't know the fate of the man. We know right. that his parents fucking hate him. Right. Hey, Daryl, did you bring that silver? This guy's going to kill me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, this song's interesting, huh? Um, I like like this. This poor guy. Seriously, he's going to get, he's up there and he's got the noose around his neck and he's like, hold on to the execution. He's like, hold on. I see my father coming. And he's like, dad, did you bring money to get me out of this? No, I just came to watch you get hung. (laughs) <laughs> and then, like, the mom, he says, hold on, I see my mom. And then my his mom shows up. He's like, mom, did you bring some money to pay this guy off so I could go free? No, I just came to see them hang you. Yeah. And then his girlfriend comes, and he's like, honey, did you bring that money so I could go free? And, and she's like, well, I did, but I didn't bring enough. 
<laughs> I gotta say though, this is probably the most patient hangman. Oh yeah, in the history of. Hangs. Well, he's gonna he's he's holding out too because you know he's trying to get trying to get that money. He, he, he could get paid. You know, all I you just let this guy go for some silver and gold. Okay, well, you only have a little bit. I don't think I can do that. It's got to be more. Does that happen? I don't remember that part where where he doesn't get freed because she didn't have enough. I don't think it's ever. Well, no, really she says up. that at the end. She's like, I only brought a little. Oh, 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 oh. Um, and so that just to me that implies that she didn't bring enough to save him. Gotcha. Well, they leave they leave it open ended. Um, I think of of the. The other, obviously, the Zeppelin version is the most popular. Also, the Lead Belly version, <coughs> um, and then Russ, you brought up the Willie Watson version. I'm going to play that because it's just yeah, really fucking favorite. good. That's I'm going to play one. a little bit of that here. I think this is the best, even better than the Zeppelin version. Wait a little while, hang me. Wait a little while and see. I think I see my father coming way across the sea. So good. Yeah, it's really good. And I mean, Willie Watson was actually a guest on the Lost episode with Robert Plant, and they were both talking yeah. their different takes of this. Those story. guys were fucking hilarious. It was right? so funny. Also, wasn't it great that Plant and Paige got together and did like a Zeppelin reunion thing on the, the Lost episode? Yeah, I mean, it was Zoom reunion, but right. I mean, you know, still, it was still pretty cool. It was awesome. I yeah. wish too bad that none of that recorded, but man, yeah. that was great. Yeah, that was good. That was great. <laughs> I love too that it was so cool that Paige, Mike said that you were his favorite broadcaster. I thought that was like I know a- I was I, I love that and I love it when Jimmy Page did the old you know thumb through the fly making it look like his penis <laughs> joke to Russ. So funny, really funny. Yeah, and Russ was like, "Hey Jimmy, is that your penis?" And he's like, "Ah." <laughs> <laughs> It was great, man. That's a good, yeah, that was great cool. page impression. But yeah, that 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 Willie Watson is is awesome, and uh, was produced by Dave Rawlings, who's amazing, and Gillian Welch is on that record. The Fairfield Four are on that record. It's a yeah. good record. Good song. I I like. Uh, unfortunately, Niels is kind of my least favorite of uh, most of these. I even like. See, I, I like this a lot. I really, like, it's one of the songs I like that I like a lot on this album. <sighs> I like the way he did it, and I like. Um, I like that kind of. <laughs> 40s swing call and response yeah. that he bum, kind of dun, incorporated dun, dun, into dun, it. Yeah. Hangman, hangman. Yeah, it's kind of like it's got that kind of 40s swing band kind of thing to it. And I, I thought that was a great take on that. You know, I mean, I just I think that's cool the way he did that and he, the way he did it with Oh Susanna. Right. You know, in that particular style. And, also, and again, to the way this where this comes out now, you know, th- this is still relevant today. It's like, well, there's like the last two songs here, Gallows Pole and Tom Dula deal with justice. Yeah. You know, and, and the, the worth of a human life. And so you were saying in Tom Dula, you know, or Tom Dooley that he took the, he took the fall. So an innocent man got, got accused and they hung the wrong guy. And in this one, it's like, well, this guy did something where he deserves to be hung. But if you got the right amount of money, you can get off which is still very relevant today, right? And, and he may yeah. not have even have done anything wrong, but what's great is that you can't blame his parents too much. There wasn't a lot going on back then, and they needed something to watch. 
You know what I mean? They, this was the <laughs> right. entertainment of the this time. Was their, this was their Hulu. Yeah. Yes, it was. This was yeah. their Squid Game. Tom you know? Hulu. Tom Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's move on to Luke's um, favorite. I, I am surprised that you guys like Zeppelin's version is great, and that Willie Watson version, and even the lead the Lead Belly version. Lead Belly's awesome, but I mean, yeah, Neil's, that's a great version. I think I think it does the opposite of what he says he's trying to do, which is call attention to these verses. Like he makes it like a he makes it a kid song again, whereas like Willie Willie's makes it like a a dark song, which is what it's supposed to be. I don't know. Whatever, we can move on. But. Blah. All right, let's hit. Um, Get a job, Lukey. Let's hit. This Come on, Luke. Fire it up. Come on. Go ahead. You know, Mike, for someone who says you really like the song, you're awfully giggly over there. I just think it's hilarious. It is. I think it's a lot of fun. You can tell how much fun they're having. And the way Neil is singing, he's having the time of his life. You can tell he's like singing and smiling. Sure. And, And it's just, it's, I think it's just funny. It's funny that they chose this song. And then the more I thought about it, there's a more serious reason, but it just sounds like they're having a great time doing it. And it's not like, it's not perfect. You know, this is crazy horse, you know, so it's sloppy and it just makes it sound like a bunch of drunk guys in a bar at closing time, you know, and they're walking out to their car singing this tune. Yeah, I love it. And Luke, you're trying to call Shu out for being over there giggling, but I saw you over here bopping along. You were you were bopping those hips up and down. I'm just saying, I, those I said this on the last episode, and I'll say it again. This song, to me, doesn't belong on this record. And here's what I said on the last episode. Paul Luke, shut the You're fuck wrong. Up. Shut the fuck up, you Paul said, Luke. No, you, wrong. you guys said to me, do you think this is the worst song on the album? And I said, yep, 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 yes, I do. Luke. Well, I, I disagree, Luke, and this is what I said in the last up, episode. Shut the fuck up, Paul Is Luke. that this song totally belongs on, on this album because it's part of this country's history. I, I mean, I... I guess you could say this is a folk song. I mean, you know, again, this was this came out during a recession. Okay, so people were having a hard time finding a job. Um, and then this original song was written by uh, a guy, uh, African-American guy in the silhouettes who came back from the service. And then, you know, guys who came back from the service from World War II in Korea, they had they were they were they the government helped them. They helped them get set up you know, the GI bill and stuff like that. They helped them get, get houses. That's why the suburbs were built. And they, um, they tried to help them fulfill their American dream after coming back and fighting for this country, but not all, all veterans were treated that way. You know, the black veterans were not treated that way. Yeah. You know, it, was almost, still, it was almost an opposite type of thing. Right. There was still segregation. They couldn't even they drink out of the same breaks. water fountains. Right. They weren't given the same loans if they got loans at all. And so that's, that's why I think that it kind of works in the history of this country, what we've been talking about so far, especially the injustice part. Well, yeah. And I, I like you were saying to you, know. I think if you follow the thread too, as far as um, some injustices and some hangings and some racism that all of these songs have, have dipped in, you know, it's all a part of this country's history. And then right. it leads up to this song and 
Everyone telling this guy, hey, get a job. Pull yourself up by your fucking bootstraps. He can go and he can fight and die for his country, but he can't come home and get right. a job. There's no jobs for him to get, especially considering his skin color. So Right, and he's looking in the paper. Right. You know, there's nothing there. This, uh, his, his, uh, his, his woman is saying that he's lying. He's not looking for a job. You know, why doesn't she get out there and get a job? Oh, I'm sorry. It was the 50s, I guess, you know. After after the war ended, women went back into the home. You know? After the war, but um, so I I I think this song fits right in with the rest of this album. Plus, I you've like got the too. you've got the history of Crazy Horse. They started out as a doo wop band. That's true. What was it, Danny and the Dreamers? Danny and the Memories. The Memories. Why do I keep thinking Dreamers? Because was it, was it because Eddie and the Eddie and the Cru, Eddie and the Cruisers? Or? No, you you think of Dreamers because we're in a Neil Young dream right oh, now. Oh, that's what and it is. And because right. all Shu can ever think about is the capital D. That's true. He loves the he loves Shu the loves the D. Shu loves the D. Does Shu love the D? Yep, 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 yep. He loves the D. So I do love donuts. So the Stephen King tie-in here. The song was featured in the soundtrack to Stand by Me, and another Stephen King tie-in. Not the Neil version. Uh, no, not the Neil version. Uh, I think the Sha Na Na version or the original. But the ga- the song Gallows Pole was also called the, the Derry Gowl or the Streets of Derry. Another Stephen King connection. And another weird Neil connection, the song Gallows Pole. Sorry, I missed it when we were there. The original title of the song was called The Maid Freed from the Gallows. So it's oh actually my God. originally about a woman referred to as the maid. So Wow. Yep. Fucking a man Neil, needs man. a maid. Fucking Neil, I said this on the last episode, but I, I'm like, I don't like a year away from in the evangelical days, there was this book called the Bible code. And it basically like <laughs> took all the words from the Bible and like put them in like horizontal order or, or vertical. And they were like, Oh, the Bible predicted nine 11 and all this weird stuff. I'm going to do that with Neil's lyrics. And we're going to, that's, that's almost where I'm at in this in this podcast. This podcast so, has ruined me. So, so the the Bible's just a big Christian word search. Yep. <laughs> All right. A word long, search and that it only lines up. Yeah, it only lines up with what people want it to. Want yeah. It. Yeah. The, you can, yeah. Exactly. Um, All right. I think I think if you turn to like First Thessalonians or whatever, and you line that up, it says yip 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 up 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 get a job. All right. We should if you, uh, if you suffer from Thessalonians, you can get involved in a class action lawsuit. I saw it on TV. Wait, Mike, are you suffering from Thessalonians? Because yeah. a good solution to that, there's this tea that I've heard of I that just I just going to make the same joke. I think would be really delicious. Is that Tiesta tea? It Luke? is Tiesta tea, and you Proud can sponsor get the Long May You Young podcast. You can get some right now young 15, at a, young fifteen. A, what is it? Fifteen percent off. Fifteen percent off if you enter the code young 15 when you order your tiesta tea online make sure you use young 15 because that way we make money that was fucking perfect mike because it paused and then sped your voice up so you sounded like the micro machines guy yeah right (laughs) trying to squeeze in an ad real quick (laughs) i hope it's all purchases are final without warranty sounds just like that um all right we should travel on to the next song okay very nice thank you This old town too long. Summer's almost gone. Yeah, winter's coming on. I'm 
played around and played around this old town too long and I feel like I gotta travel on Uh, that would be Dan Greco on the tambourine, in case you guys were wondering. I know a lot of people were wondering who did the tambourine on that song. We were all wondering. That's why. Dan Greco. Good old, the Grexter. The Grekmeister. Um, I do apologize if uh, the audio is a little bit weird on the music samples for this episode. I'm playing it real safe because I'm terrified it's not going to record the episode. So I'm keeping it fairly simple using my iPad. Um... But uh, yeah, that's a that's a song. <laughs> that's awesome, Luke. Thank you for playing a, can, that song. Can we do a a, a recording check, Luke? <laughs> it's recording. The red light's still on. Um, that song was originally written by Paul Clayton, uh, <sighs> almost a hundred years after "Oh Susanna" was written, and "Oh Susanna" written by Stephen Foster, who we didn't mention this, but he died uh, in a very mysterious way, and a lot of people think he killed himself. Or, but no one really knows. Some people say he fell. Uh, Paul Clayton, who wrote the song, uh, also died a, almost at exactly the same age as Foster was when he died a <laughs> uh, hundred years later, which I think is strange and weird. And they were both last seen staring at an Aerostar van? Something like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> In the um, 1800s. Right. That would be an Aerostar buggy. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul Clayton, friends with Dylan. Um, and, uh, Dylan did a great cover of this song. So he uh, supposedly committed suicide. He was Dylan struggling. W- no. Uh, <laughs> well, it depends what album you mean. I mean, uh, <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah. Clayton committed suicide. Uh, he was dealing with, uh, one drug, he had drug problems, but two, he was also a homosexual and, you know, in the sixties, that was nowhere near as, um, yeah you know, uh, accepted as it is now. So I'm sure that was, that was a tough thing to deal with. Yeah. From new Bedford, Massachusetts as well. And that's also not an easy thing to deal with. No, that is one tough town. Especially if you're gay. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want me to play a little bit of Dylan's? Cause I think that one is yeah. fairly popular. That's a good one. Yeah. Laid around, done stayed around This old town too long Summer's almost gone Winter's coming on Done laid around, done stayed around This old town too long And it seems like I've got to travel on It seems like I've got to travel on Yeah. Oh yeah. That's funky. Yeah, I like that version. I think Dylan did a great job on that. So. What did this guy do in this song? Like, why are the cops after him to run him out of town? I don't know. It doesn't really specify. No, he just it's laid just around. That I've been around here. I've I've worn out my welcome, and now the cops are chasing me. 
you know, high sheriff and the police are riding after me, coming after me. Sir, do you know why I pulled you over? No, why? You were laying around too long. Yeah. Wait, let me That's ask right. you, do you like this song on here? Um, no, not as much. I don't dislike it, but I like, I, I, this is where I'm getting into, I like other versions better. I like uh, Dylan's version better on the, than, than uh, Neil's. Right. Yeah. To me, I like this because it sounds like it's something right off of Stars and Bars. Well, this is not this yeah. is not an older song either, really. As far as no, the no. rest of them. But Luke doesn't like doesn't like get a job, and that one's not older yeah. either. That's why I'm saying I don't know if this one fits as well. The only reason this one fits as well because it's got that sing songy same like it feels almost like a kid song, and I know it's not a kid song, but it feel it moves like that at least in Neil's version. So, you know, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting a Rambo vibe from really? the story in the song that <laughs> all he wanted to do was get something to eat and yeah. that chicken shit sheriff, you know, pushed him too hard, you know? So it's like, maybe this guy, he's like a, you know, maybe he's like a hobo or whatever. And he's rolled into town and people, you know, don't think he belongs yeah. Don't think he's he's acceptable for their town, and so they're running him out of there. Um, yeah, a little bit. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, like I didn't. I didn't actually think too much or put too much thought into this song. Um, I like this is one of those albums where I really like the first half way better than the second half. Well, too. I really the next song is one of my favorites. Yeah, you want to hit it? High yeah. flying yeah. bird. Some kind of bird reference in this song. I'm not sure. <laughs> plays the blues you know yeah i love this i love this version too and this it's he's totally made it his own again and crazy horse really plays great on this yeah i think ralphie really shines on this he does you yeah know, he's keep, got keeping nice it anchored bills and stuff too. yeah like, ralphie you know luke brought it up earlier ralphie really does shine on this album he does it, yeah you this know? is the one where he does that like thing you know and he, yeah. he fucking nails it i think it's great you know, on Gallows Pole, he keeps that swing beat going. He sounds yeah. amazing, and on this one too, he he really he does he, he does keeps shine it on steady this record for sure. Yeah, I like this. And, I like this tune. I like the playing. I like Neil's guitar a lot. Yeah, you know, he goes into some of those nice blues solos, and he's you know he just fucking plays great. See, this is one of the few one of the few songs on the album that has a little spark to it. 
Yeah, I agree. In I my think, opinion, I has think, a little fire under it. Same. I think this is one of the ones where they really locked into it, and and yes, they're still having that great time. They're still having fun, but they're also in this. I feel like in this one, they found it. They're in it. They they right. found the zone, and they fucking haven't. I don't know. I like this one a lot. This yeah, one works for me. I'll listen to this one again. You know. Did you guys mention? Yeah. That? Like this is this is the song that I would return to on this album. Me too. I probably wouldn't return to this album otherwise, but this song Same, I, I probably yeah. would just to hear this tune. Yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah. This this one and uh, I think the first two I, I I feel the same. Did you guys talk about the Richie Havens version? No, yeah, but it's good. Yeah, you gonna play some. I'll play a little bit of that one because I think it's good. And again, I I know you guys are hearing the uh, stupid um, that pop. But uh, that's just the way this iPad works. It's just so. a holdover from the lost episode. Yep. <laughs> it's we're switching dimensions. This is Richie Havens. There's a high flying bird. Flying way up in the sky And I wonder if she looks down As she goes on by Well, she's flying so free Great version. Yeah. So the guy who wrote this tune, Billy Ed Wheeler, he also wrote Jackson that Johnny Cash and June Carter had a hit with. Oh, wow. He also wrote Coward of the County. Oh. You know that song? Uh, I Kenny feel like Rogers. Yeah, Kenny Rogers country had a huge hit. It was such a big hit they made a uh, TV movie out of it. And that guy also killed like twenty six women, I think, because he has one of those those three. <laughs> oh yeah, he's got three. Names. Names. He's got a serial killer, right? Name, so. does, yeah. <laughs> like John Wayne Gacy, <laughs> right? Billy Ed Wheeler. <laughs> yeah, Billy Ed Wheeler. And then he also, I was just reading up on it a little more. National Geographic commissioned him to write three. Uh, dramas about one about the Hatfields and the McCoys, one about a uh, oh. young Abe Lincoln, and one about Johnny Appleseed. And in this article, it claims Johnny Appleseed uh, was from Mansfield, Ohio. But we all know that's incorrect. He's from Lemonster, Massachusetts. Yeah, that's the home of Johnny Appleseed. So also the home of uh, Mistress yeah. Carrie. <laughs> Wait, am I not supposed? No, everyone knows that. She that's right, and also the birthplace of the plastic pink flamingo. Yeah, she's from Lemonster. She talks about that all the time. She went yeah. to Lemonster High School. Yeah. yeah, you know what? Fuck Ohio. They're always trying to take credit for shit that's not theirs. Ohio yeah, sucks. Yeah, whatever them. I mean, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's in Cleveland. Big deal. Cleveland sucks even worse than Ohio does. Cleveland Actually, rocks. in all fairness, Cleveland's a pretty fun city. Really? Are you being <laughs> you guys have, have you guys played there? You guys must have played there. <sighs> no, we never played, played in Cleveland. Oh, we, played in Ak- we played in Akron. <laughs> Oh, in Akron? Oh, the home of uh, Chrissy Hind and the Black Keys. And the home of LeBron James, I believe. Hey, all I know is Cleveland Rose. Hey, wait. Cleveland Isn't Mark Mothersbaugh from, from Akron? He is, yeah. We, I, I think I cut this out of the episode, but I think either me or Russ asked him if he had ever played this club that we played at. And he was like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, it just it was, he's like, I, was, I think he was probably like, I don't know. I haven't played in Akron in 40 he's years. Like, He's like Neil's like, oh, I played there. I made a, an instrument out of a stool, a pitcher of beer, and two wires from an old radio. The only thing I remember from that show in Akron, <laughs> which actually was a ton of fun, uh, we were it was just like a stop on our way up into Michigan. And we met a guy there, me and um, 
Well, we all met him, but me and our bassist at the time, this guy we called him Bad News, Bradshaw. Uh, <laughs> we we met this guy named Johnny. I forget his last name, but he began with a P, and we called him PBR Johnny because he sat at the bar and just put down like fifteen PBRs, and he <laughs> might have been the funnest guy I've ever met. Like post gig. So shout out to PBR Johnny if you're listening right now from Akron, Ohio. <laughs> and that, Ethan Garrett, is how we respond to Neil <laughs> That's right. listening to the podcast. Hey, I That's call right. Daryl PBR Daryl. Hey, so Daryl, they're it. talking about Akron. <laughs> hey, Daryl, get me a Pabst Blue Ribbon. <laughs> blue Ribbon. <laughs> get me a Pabst Blue Ribbon. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh jesus chariot jesus is chariot yeah let's let's hey, get Darryl, it going get me a tom do ribbon i've never heard this song referred to as jesus's chariot ever yeah, me neither until this version well i did on the lost episode that's true yeah that's right <laughs> Jesus's chariot, or she'll be coming round the mountain. That's right. That's how we all learned it, you know. So, yeah, um, and I never knew about the friggin' portals line, so that opened my eyes. Yeah, this this the more I read the lyrics of this, the more it seems like some kind of David Lynch movie. <laughs> you know, it's like they're gonna kill the big red rooster, and then then she'll take <laughs> us to the portals when she comes, yeah. and then we'll all sing hallelujah at the Black Lodge. Hey guys, <laughs> we we went over this on the last episode, okay? This is Neil's, this is the song that, uh, it's an old spiritual that they sang about the second coming of Neil Young, um, because they had seen him, similar to how Mormons talk about Native Americans <laughs> seeing Jesus. Oh, sorry, uh, that's all right. <laughs> sorry. sorry. We're, we're talking about hates portals. that song. <laughs> <laughs> but the, but that's what this song is about. Uh, they reference the six white horses, uh, mm-hmm. referring to the six members of Crazy Horse throughout the years. Yes, uh, that's or, right, Luke. Yeah, I remember origi- this. Originally, uh, Danny. Uh-huh. Uh, then, obviously, the three that we still have, and then uh, Danny. Then add Poncho, and then add Nils. Right. right. So those are the six white horses that they talk about that uh, bring in the uh, second coming of Neil coming through the portal. Uh, and, uh, that's, uh, that's and the red rooster. Yeah. That know. giant cock. There needs to be a bird. A bird <laughs> yeah, needs to be involved. That's right. It in, needs to be a bird. The bringing of, yep. of Neil. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This is like this whole theory you have about Neil being an omnipresent you. God, like the force just I'm swirling t- around us, I'm you know, I mean, you. uh, it's, it becomes more true as we move along here. Uh, and so and chariots. It's just another old timey way of saying train. Well, so I do. I know <laughs> what you're trying to tiny way. I, I know what you're trying to do there, Russ. And I'll I'll add one better. This song, and this is a fact. They sang. Uh, hold on, let me make sure that cut out. They sang this song uh, in the Underground Railroad. Oh right, you brought this up. That's, That's right. right. Wow, but there were no trains in the Underground Railroad. Well, Not that- yet. <laughs> 
or tried, were there, Shoe? Believe me, I tried. Hey, Daryl. <laughs> Shoe thinks there wasn't any trains in the Underground Railroad. <laughs> <laughs> was that Daryl laughing? That was Daryl laughing in the back. <laughs> I love life. I've been on that train, asshole. Uh, yeah, like many spirituals that originated in the African-American community, this song was probably a coded anthem for the Underground Railroad. It was also used in labor circles to refer to Mother Jones, who frequently visited far-flung communities with labor issues. So there you go. And then the, secular, awesome. the secularized version of this song uh, that developed among railroad work gangs in the late 19th century has become a standard over the years. So there you go. This is a song about the second coming of yes, Neil Yes, that's true. Oh, my God. Luke. <laughs> I'm, I'm like you. getting ready. I'm going to like sell Pretty my wild. clothes and just wear a white robe now. I'm going to be outside of concerts at the DCU center I'm, with a giant listen, cross with I'm Neil o- Young on it. <laughs> I'm only half kidding about like literally lining up his lyrics and trying to find coded messages in them. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can't wait. Like I want to go into psychedelic pill. And that's what I mean. Everyone says this album was him getting ready to make psychedelic pill. He was getting all these codes out. And so now he's preparing our minds for psychedelic pill so mm-hmm. he can read between yes. the 25 minute songs and, there's probably little codes hidden in. I don't want to get into it now, but the last song on Psychedelic Pill, I swear to God, he whispers Luke, Luke in it. Jesus. Hey, Daryl. <laughs> hey, Luke figured it out. <laughs> it's all about Luke. Send Larry Craig to dispose of him. <laughs> Larry um, Craig's my guitar tech, and he takes care of things. <laughs> Wait till they play the next song, Daryl, where Luke hears that I say this land is Luke's land. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next song featuring none hey, other Larry. than... Hey, Larry. Hey, Larry, you know that thing we were talking about? You know that sound you you've been looking that for? <laughs> come on, man. Say- I'll give you five boxes of ZD. Oh, come on. All right, all right here we sorry. go. Here we go. This land is your land. <laughs> So this is an appearance by Stills on this song, singing. Yep. And uh, he put him in with the rest of the kids. He made Stills sit at the kids' table. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they all thought that he was just a potato anyway. (laughs) I'm your your teacher's assistant, Stephen Stills. (laughs) Let's settle down. This is going to take all night. Come this on. is probably going to take all night. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this song originally written by Woody Guthrie, of course. Uh, I feel like 
this uh, this song used to be like and we we obviously got into this on the last episode this is the 27th time we've referenced that but uh this song used to be like controversial like this was a protest well, song. yeah this was this was a song that i mean people were like woody guthrie's a communist you know, yeah. he's talking about this land belonging to everyone and, you know, providing for everyone. And, and he was always, you know, and, that, and, he, and he was, he was, he was a socialist. You know, the guy went around trying to organize, help organize unions and bring attention to, to the poverty, you know, in this country at that particular time. And, and uh, you know, that's why people loved him because, you know, they, he sang about what they were going through. And, um, you know, so he mentioned stuff like, um, in the shadow of the steeple, I saw my people by the relief office. I seen my people as they stood hungry. I stood there asking, is the, is this land made for you and me? You know, so under the shadow of religion, you know, his people, these people were suffering, even though they were faithful, you know, it, it's like there, there, there's, you know, the red scare at that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so he was, you know, he was pegged as someone who was an instigator, uh, you know, someone who would come from, you know, into your town and help organize a union or something like that. So, yeah, this was very at the time, the song was very controversial. But, you know, this is something, again, kids are taught in school and they're they're not really taught that particular fact about the song. Yeah. Right. You know, that it was it was sung to organize you know, and, and to, to rise up or to speak up, you know, about your situation. Yeah. Um, sorry, Mike, I'm just looking at the porn. You're looking at porn. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Daryl. Right now. Hey, Daryl, they're looking at porn. Hey, Daryl, they found the picture that Disney plus didn't want them to see of your ass. Hey, Daryl, they found me. I don't know how, but they found me. Come on, man. Enough. You did a Back to the Future reference. I can, too. No. Uh, if you want more Back to the Future content, tune into our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Long May Young. Uh, no, there's um, a couple different versions of this. Um, some verses were banned. We talked about this on the last episode, but I really liked the that line. Was a high wall there that tried to stop me. A sign was painted, said private property. But on the backside, it didn't say nothing uh, God blessed America for me, or this land was made for you and me. Um, but that doesn't appear in the that that's in the original 1940 version, but not in the 1944 version. But then it shows up in other versions that come out later. There's a bunch of different versions of the song. They keep getting banned, and it's pretty crazy that this song. And I know I I I, I know all the stuff that you said, Mike, but it's just. In 2021, weird to think that this song was like so controversial. It's just interesting, I think. So, anyway, yeah, yeah, we <laughs> we can uh, we can move on to the last couple songs here. Let's hit Wayfair and Stranger. I am a poor. Fair and stranger while traveling through this world of woe. If there's no sickness, toil, or danger in that bright world to which I go, I'm going there to see 
my father I'm going there no more to roam I'm only going over Jordan Only going over home I love this one. Same. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, I like this tune. Is this the one that, that is a Burl Ives song? Yeah, I believe so. Um, so I thought that too, but then I'm seeing that uh, the lyrics during and for several years after the American Civil War, the lyrics were known as the Libby Prison Hymn. Oh, maybe Burl Ives took it and arranged it. Okay. Maybe that's the way Burl Ives did it. That makes sense. the way Neil did sense. it. Yeah. Yeah, it became one of Burl Ives' signature songs included on his 1944 album, The Wayfaring Stranger. Ives used it as the title of his early CBS radio show and his biography. Um, what was it originally of, called? I'm sorry. It was called Poor Wayfaring Stranger or I Am a Poor Wayfaring Stranger. Um, it was um, a well-known American folk song likely originating in the early 19th century about a plaintive soul on a journey through life. Um, as with most folk songs, many variations of the lyrics exist, and many versions of this song have been published over time by popular singers, um, most notably Burl Ives. Um, and I have yet to find a version of the song that I didn't like. Johnny Cash does a great one. Jack White does a really good one. Um, Emmy Lou Harris, I found, uh, does a really good version of it. So, great song, and uh, I haven't found a bad version. So, I like it. Me too. I yeah. Like it a lot. Although it is, it is pretty depressing. You know, it's like this, this world sucks, but I'm going to a better place. Yeah. At least that's what I'm thinking or hoping that I'm going to a better place. Does it, I mean, does he mean that after he dies or does he mean, you know, in his journey that there can only be better things? Well, in Neil's case, he means whichever dimension or timeline he's mm-hmm. like, you know, that's true. Portal into. So. Yeah. It depends on he the is the wayfaring stranger. <laughs> Vampire, the wayfaring vampire stranger. <laughs> oh my God! That's um, what they called time travel in the early 19th century. Wayfaring, the arrowfaring, oh, yeah. the arrowfaring. Yes, <laughs> I know you're joking, but you could convince me that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's what H.G. Wells used to call it. Yeah, that's an old Jules Verne novel. Right? Wayfarer. Yeah, he was like, oh, I, I, I wrote this story about a wayfaring machine. You know, Jules. There's some, I don't know. It just doesn't flow. What about time machine? <laughs> yeah, that does flow. I like that. That's um, great. Okay, so there's some a little bit of controversy, and it, we'll move on to the last song in a second, but it had been believed that a dying soldier had authored this song to comfort a disabled soldier, but this uh, was not the case since it had been published several years before the Civil War. So there's some more time travel silliness in there. Uh, I don't know. I'm getting like lost in all the. <laughs> no. But this is this is what Neil wanted. Yes, I know Neil really wanted is. you to like get lost in the history of these songs. He wanted you. He wanted people to like look up the history of these songs. Like, why did Neil put these songs in this record? Then you find out why because they're these old tunes that people had changed the lyrics of over the years. And then he wanted you to do what we're doing now is yeah. like getting into the songs and finding out where they come from. So in that particular sense, you know, he accomplished his mission with Americana. He's educating us on American history 
You yeah. know, not the kind they teach in schools, much like the songs. These aren't the songs they taught you in schools. Yeah. Yeah, I like the song. This is my top three, in my top three for sure. Um, let's hit the last song and then let's turn this off and pray to God that it recorded any. Are you recording? Did you hear? Uh, I guess where's we'll the, um, we'll where's the red out. light? We'll find out. I love the dropkick Murphys. Save the Queen. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite American classics of all time. Well, it is. It be, it's it's um, it's attached to the history of this country. You know, whether we like it or not. I mean, we did have to kick the English out to. That is true. To get our independence. I mean, the the America we know it was pretty much set up by English colonies. And uh, <laughs> and he does stick the you know he does stick the American version of verse of that in the middle. Yeah, that's true. You know, with um, My Country, Tis of Thee, and Let Freedom Ring ends it off, which is kind of, I guess you could say this, this is this in, in a royal nutshell. This is the uh, story of the United States. Started out as a British, co- British colonies and then attained liberty through revolution. You know, he mentions Pilgrim's Pride and um, Land Where My Fathers Died. and Yep. So I can see why that would be on here. Plus, you know, he, being a Canadian, I think I mentioned this earlier, he probably sang this in school. They probably made him sing it in school. He did. He says in an interview that um, I had them on there because these songs are usually sung in classes, so it seemed logical to have the kids sing the Crazy Horse Arrangements. I woke up one morning, morning. a couple... Whoa, that was a full-on alien. That was a full-on alien. Um, I woke up one morning a couple of months ago, and I was hearing God Save the Queen in my head, and I thought that's probably because when I was little, I went to school and sang God Save the Queen. That's what happened. So I just kind of had this thing driven into my head, so it randomly came back, and I just happened to be recording Americana, and I thought, I'll just do God Save the Queen today and see how that works. (laughs) (laughs) And see how that, that's pretty much it. I'll see how that works. Fucking Neil. Yeah. Uh, I do want to bring up, because we brought it up in the last episode, that this song was originally published in a magazine called, uh, where the fuck is it? Oh, that's right. What was it called? The Gentleman's Magazine. Right. Gentleman's yeah. Magazine. The most British thing I've ever heard of. All the way back in, 19, in 1744, The Gentleman's Magazine published this song about which is funny because nobody reads gentleman's magazine really do you really read the articles in gentleman's magazine <laughs> i no. i only subscribe for the articles mike that's no come on they've got those hot ass pictures of victorian ladies <laughs> showing off a little ankle 
Like one of them's not even wearing <laughs> shoes. And it's like, oh my God, I can see her stockinged feet. Uh, Are you kidding me? That's that why one's, it, that one's not even wearing a corset. <laughs> that's why it got banned. Yeah, right? <laughs> a yeah, very I'm surprised that they, they put that song in there. For that's why they do these crazy, oh. scandalous songs like God Save the Queen. That one's not even wearing gloves. <laughs> hey, Daryl. <laughs> Hey, Have you Dar- seen Gentleman's Magazine? Oh, shit. Daryl found my copies. <laughs> Don't look under my mattress. He's <laughs> just got a bunch of Gentleman's Magazines under his mattress. That and just, a, uh, I mean, the, the, the mattress is so lumpy from all the Lionel trains that are already on. I was like, hey, Neil, what's in this box? Is this more trains? No, don't look in that one. <laughs> I don't like how brave Mike is getting at his Daryl impression. <laughs> really working it out. Really trying to he's testing it out. Um, of course, there's been a million covers of this song, most popularly by the. Sex I don't know, Pistols. Luke. I think it might. Oh, that is not a cover. I think. I think Mike's. I think Shoes' impression might might be a splash. Come on. Oh yeah, very good, very good, Russ. In Gentleman's Magazine. <laughs> what do you mean this isn't a cover, Mike? This is a word for word. Oh, cover. yeah, you're right. No, you're absolutely right, Luke. It's a cover. <laughs> I do like to, I said this last time, I do like to think of the Queen hearing this song, like kind of like the middle aged, older version of the Queen being like, oh, this is nice and modern. And then hearing the second line and being like, <laughs> the fascist regime. <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh. That's my that's my my impression of the queen. You've been watching a lot of the crown, haven't you? I, I love tell. It. The crown rules. So, <laughs> no, I mean literally, it does rule. It's a monarch. Yeah, literally rules all but Britannia. Also, the show is great as well. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so that's our second take on Americana. Hopefully, this one doesn't get lost as well. If it does, yeah. then we're just not doing this album. Just, I'll be waiting for that call in about fifteen minutes. Uh, yeah. I have some really Luke bad crying. news. God save the app. <laughs> uh, right. let's hit, top oh yeah. threes yeah top three uh i'll just go first because mine are i already kind of mentioned them my three is um let me pull these up Susanna. my two is probably high flying bird and my one is wayfair and stranger you switched yours because that was my top three last time yeah well whatever well, we, we have, this, I don't, we have the same exact top three you no i i remember on the last episode that was mine and you <laughs> okay <me>. yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> no, Russ, yours was the same as Robert Plant's top three. No, oh, that's the, the same as Willie Watson's episode. Yeah, the same as Willie Watson's. Do you do you want me to go? Yeah, I guess me. All right, my number three is Get a Job because Luke hates it, Boom. and I think it's awesome. I think if you listen to Neil sing and Get a Job, it's the most fun he's having in his whole life. All right, fuck Next it. I'm making time. my three Get a Job now too. Then yeah, it's and then uh, no, my number two is Oh Susanna. Because I like that that blues, like I said, that Slim Harpo take on the song that was originally filled with, uh, you know, black stereotypes. And then uh, High Flying Bird, I just can't deny that as my number one. It's That's just, song. it sounds good. It's just well played. It's Wait, a great hold on. Tune. I think actually I'm going to switch. Was your number one High Flying Bird or Wayfair and Stranger? Stranger. Oh, well, my number one's High Flying Bird. So I was wrong. All right. Well, there you go. What are we cutting? 
Mike Quick, ask me if my cut song is Get a Job. Luke, is your cut song Get a Job? Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, that's my cut song. There is a song, if you go to the archives into the file cabinet, there's a song called Bad Example that okay. is, is in the file cabinet under this album. Huh. Uh, recorded by, you know, Crazy Horse, the whole deal. But there's it says unreleased. There's no other info about it. There's no, you can't play it or anything. Huh, interesting. Written by, written by Miranda Lambert. What? And Monroe Ashley. That's wild. So I'm guessing that's a more contemporary song that maybe I'm just assuming or I'm guessing that he maybe felt that's was too too new to keep on here. You know, but that's what it says. That's weird. Interesting. What's your cut though, Mike? That's Neil's cut song. (laughs) Yeah. Hey Daryl, you know what my cut is on Americana? That Miranda Lambert song. (laughs) Eh. Oh my my cut song is uh When you said, hey, Daryl, oh, we just saw the outline. I'm assuming that was your daughter. Yes. But I'm like, did he just summon Daryl Hannah? She came in. She went, hi. <laughs> She's wearing the eye patch with the red cross on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> my cut song would be, I think we discussed this in the last episode, that you gave me uh, the authority to cut a portion of the song. Yes, so my cut correct. is the last four minutes of Tom Dula so or Dooley, right, yeah. however you want to. Yep. Same as me. Yeah. And that's yeah. right. From I think from now on, we've we've earned it. We've been through wars on this podcast. Yeah. And now if you want, if it, one of us wants to, you can cut a portion of a song. You still have to cut something, but you can cut a portion of a song. Right, right. Because there's a lot of times it's hard to get a cut song on albums because they're think, all so great. Yeah. I, I hate think so. cutting the song, but if, the, if we can just cut a part. You know. you know what I? You know what I wouldn't cut out of this, guys. Our new sponsor. I wouldn't. Our either. new sponsor. I'd never cut a nice hot cup of tea from Tiesta Tea. Me neither. Me, me, and me. if you order online now and use the code Young15, you can get fifteen percent right. off your order of Tiesta Tea. And sign up to Patreon. Pretty soon, we're going to be doing a commentary of Back to the Future Two, Mike's first watch. As any Neil Young podcast would, right. especially right. ones where you're paying monthly for content. Well, I mean. It has to do with time travel, yes, right? That's very true. You um, know what gets more? What's more, Neil Young? Hey, Daryl! They ended with the Sopranos reference. Those guys really do have fun. <laughs> What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. 
I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.